Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, Princess is on today and I didn't do any sort of intro, but since this is the last episode before Election Day, I just wanted to remind you all to vote, obviously. Hi, Princess. Hi, Liz. Princess bullied her way onto this podcast. She <laughs> That's texted how I get me on all the am- podcasts. Is I threatened to kill myself with Troy. I bully Kara. <laughs> she sent me. Well, no, she sent me one single text that said, "I need to come on feathers my hair this week to talk about kale." And I said, "Okay, Friday." And she said, "Yeah." And that's where we are. It's Friday and we're recording oh, now. But then you said, oh, good. So you can talk about cold too. And I was like, oh, I forgot those people existed. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> well, it's funny actually, because I was in my discord that I like use during the day at work with my uh, internet pals. And we were talking at that exact moment about Cole is a step parent versus Taylor McKinney Macy's husband is a step parent Uh, we were talking about like kids that call their step parent their stepdad just dad and I was about to feel like princess does that and then you texted me oh yeah oh actually I don't call my stepdad dad I refer to him as my dad in Um, conversation with us because it's easier yeah but I start when I met him I called him big David oh right I knew after yeah he has a son named David as well and afterwards um after my parents got married he said he was walking me to the store one day he says don't you want to call me dad and I said absolutely not and then we never talked about it again I've so never do you still I, call him big David yeah even as like if I'm talking to my mom I'm like so how's big David like everyone calls him that and I just that's just what he's called and I have a biological father who's in prison and I know him quite well but actually I don't call him dad either so like it just honestly when I said absolutely not it was just because I was like I don't I don't know how that word feels coming out of my mouth yeah so I just didn't feel comfortable even saying it actually my friend Jessie who is from Louisiana she's been on this podcast quite a few times she (laughs) calls her stepmom Miss April like (laughs) and I think it's so fucking weird and I guess her stepmom she had before she called Mrs. first name and I'm like Jesse that's weird and she's like I don't know it's just like what we do in Louisiana the first time I realized she was referring to her stepmom as Miss I was like (laughs) what are you doing but it's just so like that's such a foreign concept to me but I know what they do in Louisiana yeah for sure refer to an adult as Miss even here like my kids, the neighbor's name is Christina. And there's like, oh, Christina's out there. And I was like, you mean Miss Christina? Because so, you and Christina are not the same age. And actually, so- a funny thing about that is my mom grew up in Virginia Beach, but like doesn't like anything about Southern culture. So we I'm like- Virginia for- Beach isn't that Southern, to be honest. So. In the 60s, it was. It oh. was pretty Southern. Um, you know, like now it's really not. Like now most of Virginia isn't that Southern. But in the 60s, it was pretty Southern, especially for a Jewish family. Um, There were not many of them there. And so she hated being called ma'am. And then also like just hated her friend's kids calling her miss. So we like never did it. And I remember I babysat for this family my senior year of high school. I took over for my best friend. And she was like, this is Miss Liz. And I was like, no. And she's like, your mom makes us use that. I was like, okay. Like (laughs) my mom like hates that so much is like her just like total repulsion of Southern culture, which guys it's not great, but like, whatever you try growing up being the only Jewish kid 
in your southern town in the 60s it's not easy I understand. some people don't like the formality of it i it grates on my ears to be calling to see six-year-olds calling someone susan well we and called so- growing up like we it, there was we were more formal i called all of my friends parents mr and mrs last name oh like, really we, yeah we didn't i mean i had so my mom's best friend, we called Terry. Some of the moms at the beach, we called by their first name. They were, for whatever reason, it was like less formal there. But I called all of my friends' parents, like Mr. and Mrs. And I, <laughs> Thea's mom still, uh, who is, you know, a character, still says like, Liz was the first kid to call me Judy by my first name. Because I remember I just like didn't respect her at all. So it was like, okay, Judy, when I was like 16, but like here we <laughs> called, and I don't know if it's the same today. I can't really imagine having to call a kid, call me Ms. Bentley. Like I can't really imagine that, but like I called every adult, Mr. Or Mrs. First last name or for or last name. Uh, yeah. Well, I um, grew up on bases and I refer to people as their rank a lot of times. Yeah. That makes I sense. Would, I would have to, I mean, it would, it would be impolite for me not to, but even me saying all that, like, that's how I grew up. I was introduced to somebody as Miss Stacy as like, that's how mm-hmm. I would introduce to people. Even me saying that though, because my mom had, my mom started having kids when she was 17 years old and she has a pack of sisters that are about her same age. My, and my brother called them by their first names. So, so do I, I don't say aunt or auntie or anything like that. I call them Maxine, like, because yeah. my brother did, because he grew up with them as sisters. You know, what's funny. So Thea's girls call me Aunt Liz because we like did it kind of as a joke when the oldest one was born and it's stuck, but they don't call her husband has uh, twin sisters that are, I think, 10 years younger than us. They were maybe 17 or 18 when the first one was born and they just call them by their first names. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it, it, because it just... they're close in age. Right. And I, I mean, we're not super close, but like my youngest aunt was only 12 years older than mm-hmm. me. And so she thought of me as like a little cousin or maybe a little sister. And so it felt weird calling her aunt. So yeah, yeah but Miss April, I can see why she started calling her Miss April. And then afterwards, like, it's hard to stop that name. My stepdad will always be Big David. In fact, I think some people at his church call him Big David. And so, I mean, that's just what we call him. And so, and, but, you know, I'm from a Southern family. I got a lot of man-mans in my family and bubba's. I got an aunt named Melvin, a great aunt named Melvin. I, and so like, I got a weird fucking family. I'm not going to say that's the right way to do it, but um, I just think dad's really hard for me. And- well, it's good we're talking about this because we do need to talk quickly about the news at the top which is there are two stories. So we'll talk about this one and we'll talk a little bit about what happened. And then we'll talk about the kale stuff when we get to kale. Cause I think it'll just be easier that okay. way, but we'll just start with Chelsea has announced she is leaving teen mom, which is, I mean, look good for her, right? Like this is absolutely the correct move us. to make good, good for, for her. And us. Yeah. This is an amicable split. Yes. You know how, when people say, well, who broke up with who? And you're like both. And they're like, no, 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 seriously. Who, it wasn't mutual. Who broke up with who? And we're like, no, mutual. This was yeah. mutual. Yeah, <laughs> we had a conscious uncoupling with Chelsea. You know, and like, yeah, I've been long saying like, there, at her core, there's nothing wrong with Chelsea and Cole, no. right? Like, I might not like them. I probably wouldn't really want to be friends with them because I, my friends have more depth than Chelsea. Sorry to say, but 
like she would be fine. Chelsea would be fine as like my coworker. Like I can see yes. me and Chelsea being very good work friends, never uh, to ever meet up outside of work, but like get along quite well at work. Like that type of situation. No, I wouldn't get along with her, but I would know I would be around her without, because she's not, she's very non-confrontational. And I could see me being like, Chelsea, what do you think about this report? And she'd be like, it's great. And then later telling someone else that it wasn't. And I'd be like, Chelsea, bitch, I was talking to Brenda over there. Brenda told me you didn't like it, but you told me you did like it. And she'd start crying. I mean, work friends is like, we never talk about work. We just talk about, like, we just are friends at work where we like talk about clothes and like, (laughs) (laughs) no, not like like an actual coworker. Like we like to talk about our job, but you know how you've like, (laughs) work friends that you talk like today my boss and I sat on the phone for an hour why she explained what's going on with her housekeeper to me and it was great we had a great conversation we had a, and I was like yeah that's fucked up like I was totally on her side like that's the type of friend Chelsea and I would be and uh, so, as so you I would said, be like when she said and then grandma Donna showed up with the cookie she'd like, be like fuck yeah call sure. or text what the fuck is this yeah oh a hundred percent so Chelsea, I think it's the right decision. I think this show does not make sense for her anymore. I think it doesn't make sense for her brand anymore. I think Chelsea has almost 7 million Instagram followers with the highest fuck engagement. And she's going to be just fine money-wise for a while. I do see a lot of people that are like, I'm sure Randy set her up with investments and she won't have to work for the rest of her life. Why like, do they think that about Randy? I don't know. I'm like, Randy's just an upper middle-class dentist. I think people have this idea in their head that everyone that has money is like a financial whiz and like mm-hmm. very good at investing. And I think people would be surprised how many people like work in professions like Randy's like as a dentist or as a business owner and like does well for themselves, but like, they don't really have money invested. They have retirement and 401k, but they don't have, they're not doing stock market. You know what I mean? Like they don't have rental properties. Like I think Chelsea's has college funds for the kids. I bet they have a pretty good retirement fund set up. I bet they have a lot of that house paid off the new house, but I kind of don't think that she has like all of these investments that people think she has. Like, (laughs) But I think that between the Instagram money and like what they have saved, they'll be good for a while. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Randy lives rich person check to check. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people do. Like, and rich person check to check looks very different than poor person check to check. You still have a lot of stuff. You still do a lot of stuff, but like you aren't as liquid as you need, as, as people would tell you to be. Exactly. Yeah. There's, and there's a ton of people that are like that and it's silly, but it's like, I definitely talked about this on this podcast. Like you have to have a lot of money to be able to live like that anyway and like get into debt like that. Or you know what I mean? Like to even be able to float that. So I'm not like, but also like Randy, I don't think is that rich. Like Randy's comfortably upper middle class. Probably he probably was able to pay for all four kids college education. If he wanted to, like, I think Randy's very comfortable, but he's not like, you know what I mean? Like they're not never have to work again, rich. Well, dentists make quite a bit of money like and I I think what people don't understand is there's a difference between being rich and like you're at home and money comes and rich like when I go in to do a procedure I get a lot of money and I think like um I wouldn't be surprised if Randy still has to go into his dental office to work I think like I think he does I think he still works I like I said I Randy is very very comfortable he does well for himself I'm not saying that he's not a car 
<laughs> but I like what I think what I'm saying is there's a big difference between people that are like comfortably upper middle class and people that don't have to work again. <laughs> like there's a really big difference between them. And I don't think Chelsea is in that like I have fuck you money and don't have to work for the rest of no, my life, which is fine. Money. That she doesn't have that. Like, do you know the difference between a Chelsea and an Ellen is? <laughs> like, it's yes. Huge. But um, she's doing well for herself. Yeah. She seems to be like figuring out what she wants to do. My thing is this: I people are like, well, she's quitting because um, she doesn't like the edit that she's been given this season. But it's only been the last couple of episodes, and I didn't she tell let them know earlier? Apparently, only a month ago. Okay, well, did she see these episodes already? Did they get a did they I get previews? So I think it's kind of been going, I think all season they haven't been getting like great feedback. But I think also at the same time, like I do think that probably played into it a little bit. Like, you know, when you're doing something and you don't really like it, but it's mostly fine. And then yeah. like you like I if I was Chelsea and like I was on Team Mom and everybody loved me and I rarely heard any criticism. Like, yeah, I'd keep doing the show, but even if I didn't really like doing it, but then once I got pushback, I'd be like, okay, I don't need to do this show anymore. Like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad reason to leave a show that you're not really interested in doing anyway. You know, if it were me, I probably wouldn't have left the show. And the reason is it was too easy to do. Yeah. Like, like that's what Candy always says about Real Housewives Mm -hmm. of Atlanta is that like, who else is gonna pay me to go to dinner and argue with people mm-hmm. and then I get to promote whatever project I'm doing like it's too it's too easy of money so I can see myself just being like okay whatever I'll keep doing it but you're right um you also have to think about like Aubrey yeah Aubrey you gotta think about your kid you have to think about feedback but I'm yeah. gonna tell you right now I know you're thinking that she's gonna do something with her home line and stuff but she doesn't if she thinks this small but rabbit mm fandom of team mom is mean wait until oh yeah like think with like Tariq and Christina or whatever her name is think about when shit like that happens think about when somebody on HT HGTV gets a DUI think how mean like when the general public gets like this is a very small fandom yes wait until you're on TM wait until that that shit with like the um with the what's her friend like one oh, Brittany. The, yeah. yeah. Is it the one that fucked the, the prisoner or the one that was Laura? Laura's the one that maybe fucked a prisoner, but we had nothing ever really came of that. Brittany's husband's the one that was soliciting minors. Right. Wait until TMZ has a post uh-huh. and has your name at the top and then has Brittany's husband, but your name is yeah. on it because you're attached to it. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I also think so. Supposedly, you know, who knows how true this is? Chelsea and Cole won some sort of HGTV show, which one I find extremely annoying because they don't actually have any home construction experience. They've you built their money. own house with a builder. <laughs> Like, yeah. congrats, you can build whatever you want because you're fucking rich and you got like a nice builder that's guiding you through the process. That doesn't make you a house flipper or construction yeah. person, but whatever. Um, even like Snooki had her own construction show, but like her husband's a contractor and like does this for a living. Like he mm-hmm. builds homes for a living. And even that was like a little much, you know? <laughs> like, so I, and I also think that Chelsea and Cole are not going to be well liked by people that are that don't know them already from teen mom because I think the reason that people love Chelsea from teen mom is because of the journey that we went on with her right? right we all like vicariously feel happy through the progress that she's made 
And then the reason that people on Instagram like her is because they don't hear her and Cole's voices. And I don't think the average HGTV watcher that sits down will be able to listen to the two of them do their baby voice. No. And you think about who the average person that watches HGTV. It's one of the few things me and my husband can, can agree to watch Mm -hmm. together at the same time. We're North of 40. Okay. This is not like, and I can't imagine that if I didn't know who Chelsea was and she came on the screen, I'd be like, Oh yeah, let's watch that one. We watch property brothers. We watch flip Mm -hmm. or flop. We watch things like, um, What's the love it or list it? We like yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, love it or list it. Yeah, I mean, and I love how they make the people like fake mad and shit. I love With that. Grownups, you watch the shows hosted by grownups. Like Chelsea and Cole don't give off grownup vibes. That's right. And I just don't think. I mean, maybe on Chip and Joanna Gaines's new network, they could do like a little half hour show. Like, I think they could do like a little half hour show somewhere, but I don't really see a long-term TV career for her. I think if she's smart and has any sort of work ethic, which, you know. She doesn't. <laughs> TBD. Yeah. Uh, she would be YouTubing. Like she could make so much fucking money on do. YouTube. And the thing is though, as I've said a million times, it's hard. Like if she does one video a week, that's like 20 minutes, she needs like- four hours of footage each week and like that doesn't sound like a lot but recording you and your family for four hours every week is actually quite a lot of footage you can't control kids on camera like Mm -hmm. that you and think about like chelsea has all this anxiety she has all this anxiety although she doesn't talk about she has anxiety about her appearance Mm -hmm. because she was bullied (laughs) for fucking the first four years of the show oh my god and so dysmorphia is yeah like that's because everyone was calling her fat yeah i mean i I didn't call Chelsea fat, but I just remember like talking about team mom and be like, you know, the fat one, but well, I was talking about Amber. I'd just be like the fat one. <laughs> so- or, and also like, I would imagine it was especially jarring for Chelsea. Cause I think she went from being like the prettiest popular girl at her high school to then yep. being the fat girl on teen mom. Like that was probably really yeah, all tough. your worst moments are on TV. Yeah. Looking awful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I don't see, I mean, I just don't really think she's got a TV show going. I would be very surprised if I see her on TV. I do think that Homeline is going to be big for her. I do think she's sure. going to be doing things like that. But I just, I mean, I'll, I, it's just one of those things where I'll believe it when I see it. She's going to make so much fucking money on Instagram posts. I'm sure yeah. she's already making so much money on Instagram posts. I'm sure when her and Cole decided they were going to, Cole was going to leave his job and they were both going to really lean into Instagram. I'm sure the goal was so we can get off teen mom because yeah. imagine how much fucking better it is to only have to post like in your Instagram stories and like grid posts occasionally than to have to have the film crew there. But I do think she's going to miss filming because she's been filming for so long. I don't think she realized how much she's going to miss it until it's gone because it's been a habit. And I also think she's going to miss being able to have a one-sided conversation with the audience about Adam. And to be like, yeah. And be like, this is the, this is the narrative. This is the narrative. This is the narrative. And she does. I mean, I'm not saying that like she's wrong for that. I mean, Adam could absolutely still be on the show if he wanted to be. They would film with him in a fucking heartbeat. Uh, But Yeah, if he would. Yeah, if he would. But the fact is that she's in a great space, like, Mm -hmm. that Kale isn't. That, like, Chris is doing Q&As every five minutes. You know, every now and then I do a Ask Me Anything. I used to do Mm -hmm. them, like, once a month, once every other month. And I think to myself, that's enough, princess. (laughs) But Chris is doing them every other fucking day. 
I've but, run out of things that people could ever ask me. I've that's done. what I feel too. And so like, I'll, I said, you know, I'll wait till next year because I just yeah. feel like, I, yeah. I feel like I've said it all. But yeah. Chris, unlike, so unlike um, Chelsea, Kale has her boyfriends and exes like mm-hmm. literally talking to the fans directly being like, no, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ch- Chelsea doesn't have that. So she could easily just, it's very I don't know. She gets to craft the narrative and I'm sure she can do that on social media as well, but there's nothing like TV to tell you the story. Yeah. Well, I think that she's like, probably, I don't see how you could be Chelsea Oracle and not be like a little addicted to the attention that comes from that show. Well, think about our podcast. I mean, my, on a much smaller scale, people DM me, Are you telling me, me I saved their lives. You, princess. It's like, <laughs> When Thea was on the, the, uh, what's it called? The, my Patreon podcast, like I sent her a message that somebody sent it like me about it. And she goes, oh my God, that makes me feel so good. Like, I was like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> and you get these all the time. They feel so, it's like a high. And, and it's Chelsea a has small that, scale. Chelsea has that times a million. And what Chelsea, like I've always, I, someone told me this a long time ago. I hold on to forever. I am nowhere near as, as bad as my critics think I am. And I'm not as good as my supporters think I am. I am somewhere True. in the middle. And Agreed. cause they, none of them see me as, as well as I can see myself. And I don't think Chelsea knows that or internalize that because mm. that when people are propping her up she's probably extreme i mean they all the girls are probably like this to be honest that's why they're still in the fucking show so when people yes. are propping them up they're like oh my god this thing's great but when someone has something negative to say about you they internalize that too and they can't even tell themselves listen this person doesn't even fucking know you i also think that um because they've been on the show since they were so young part of it is like like, I bet Chelsea's like, why wouldn't we have an HGTV show? Because, like, no, they've, like, lucked into this TV career that actually yeah. doesn't translate to anything else. But, like, it's why they all think they can just start clothing lines or, like, start makeup yeah. lines with, like, no experience in it at all. Because yeah. I think that they, like, genuinely believe they can, like, just do whatever and it will work because of this, like, incredible once in a lifetime opportunity that was teen mom i think a lot of them think yeah i think 16 and pregnant and it gave them this yeah and so i think a lot of them think that like that's just going to keep on keeping on because i think they probably have convinced themselves that it's them and not the show here is my always awkward we'll be right back after a quick break when i have a guest on and never remember to do a commercial break it's a combination of things. They hit us at the right time. This this is when you were talking about like whether 17 to 18 year olds like watch. Like, yeah. first of all, even know what channel MTV would be on on a TV. Like, <laughs> but they hit me at the right time. I'm obviously, I'm like eight years older than you, but I started watching this show and I got hooked into it when the kids were young, the girls were young. And now it feels like just, I don't know, idol community gossip. Liz, we don't even watch the show. No, God. I mean, I do. I mean, you have to, but we are longtime fans of this show that care about what happens to them. And we won't even turn on the show if we didn't have to. Yeah. So what makes you think a 17-year-old is watching? Get out of here. They're not. So, you know, I wish Chelsea and Cole well. I think it's fine that they're going. I don't care. (laughs) Like, I I don't care. I'm interested to see if they bring up 
a young and pregnant girl, or if they go for one of the new 16 and pregnant girls or what, how they're going to do that. I think it's going to be hard to go for one of the 16 and pregnant girls because the age difference is so so young. Yeah. Yeah. And they're in different stages. Although I don't think it matters as much, but I do think it's jarring when you're watching Yeah, and it would take a while for us to get used to, and we don't want to get used to anything because that's how viewers are. Yeah. Um, Maybe they could bring up Ashley, but I don't know if they could sacrifice Ashley off of young and pregnant. I don't know. Well, I don't know what they're going to do. And how many girls are on the show? We have... We'll have what? four. They'll with have with four Chelsea with Chelsea Gunn. I think four would be fine. Be I honest. I think four would be fine as well. I'm fine with going back with four. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's fine. And you know what? They were probably prepping. I think when we got Brianna, um, I think they were... I think a lot of people were threatening to, to quit. Remember? Yeah, probably. And they... So the reason Brie is on the show is to mitigate yeah so i think they'll go to four and it'll be fun yeah i agree uh so let's talk about chelsea this week like i said we'll talk about kale and her shit when we get there um so basically the crux of this week i don't really want to do a play-by-play of any of this week because it was a pretty boring episode yes all things considered i only took like two and a half pages of notes when i normally have closer to like four and a half pages um so Basically, the crux of this episode is that Chelsea is ready to get the custody agreement with the Lynn's change, which I've been preaching about all season, saying that's absolutely fine. It is totally reasonable that she does not want to co-parent with Grandma Donna. Yeah. It's totally reasonable that Aubrey shouldn't have to go there once a month. But once again, I would like to ask, why doesn't she just call Donna and talk to her? Why is she going with the lawyers? And like, I don't understand why she doesn't just call Donna up and she's like, hey, can we have a talk about like Aubrey and she's getting older and she loves you guys so much. But like, I think it's a lot to ask her, you know, once a month that she has to go and see you guys. She loves when you come for lunch. She wants to be able to just have dinners with you or go for a day. And I don't know why you wouldn't start with that. And she's like, after she sees the lawyer, she's like, well, I'm scared the Lynn's are going to be on the defense and we're trying to take her away from her. I'm like, cause they're getting like a cold letter from your lawyer. Yeah. I can you imagine someone you see once a month and that has your phone number and sends you a letter from their lawyer? No, I can't either. I would be, I'd be like, why just ask? I'm 99% sure that uh, the Lynn's agree to it because as far as I understand, they don't have that custody schedule anymore. And I don't think they went back to court. So like uh, the Lynn's probably agree to it. Like, I just don't understand. I mean, I know why she does this because she's a fucking baby. She's she's a a baby baby. and it drives me up a wall. She's a a big baby about stuff and her life. And I think she thinks it that by doing things like this, it makes it easier, but it actually makes it harder because I, it just would have been so much more simple. And I would have like, I would have made that call and I would have said, Hey, you know, she still has lunches. Hey, you remember, I heard you saying that you at your school, no one came to lunch ever. Is that true? That's true. And I remember when you told me you did that, I was like, really? Yeah. I you was guys like, don't, no, you never. have grandparents day where, where they had grandparents. come So lunch? No, I know grandparents day is a thing. And like at my niece's school, I go to grandparents and special friends day, which is yeah. really cute. But like, there may have been like date, like special day that happened once a year, but nobody's parents 
ever came to eat in the cafeteria with them. If it was grandparents day, it was like a special event and they like, there was like a concert or something for them. It wasn't like come and eat in the cafeteria ever. Oh, I mean, not with COVID, but any other time you can visit school anytime. And I'm telling you, like, it is such a small thing. They have Thanksgiving lunch. And that means, and everybody's parents come to Thanksgiving lunch. Mm -hmm. I have to eat five Thanksgiving meals <laughs> over the course of two schools because if I do not they don't see my face in that fucking I mean I don't have to eat the thing I don't even I don't even get one I'm like I'm not doing this but I show up and if I and I bring like a dessert for them but if I don't show up I will hear about it they there will be tears like the other thing is that <laughs> My parents didn't go to things like that a lot. Not that we had a lot of them at my school, but like I very much understood that my mom worked and like couldn't yeah. come to things during the day, which is yeah. sad, but you know, it is what I, it is. Yeah. And I also like, you know, a lot of times, especially with elementary school, one of the problems I have with the way they do like, like parents come to read, parents volunteer, the thing is that they act like everything is is optional, mm -hmm. but then they tell the children about it. Mm -hmm. And so, and that makes me the bad guy. Yeah. And I am already dealing with a group of children who have had to have had many losses already. Mm -hmm. So, and like, I already have to have conversations like, how come everybody else in the world gets to live with their biological family and I yeah. don't? And so then I also have to say, and also I'm not going to bring you a mini pumpkin because your teacher asked me the day before and, and it's the day before Halloween. That's yeah. ridiculous. Like I, yeah. so I really go out of my way to do these things because I remember being a kid in class and I often felt like if I didn't have the, if I wasn't prepared for the thing, or if I didn't have someone show up, I felt a lack. And oh, so I, did I. Yeah, it just sure. felt I just felt bad all the time I was like oh so yeah it's yeah. Like hard for me to distinguish like between that and just like my other childhood depression <laughs> you know I, like when... I hate to say it but it all is like kind of a, a depression blur as a child you know when I went to college it was so funny because I was like oh you guys just don't finish class and get in the bed and lay there for hours that's not a thing people do I've been doing that for five years. <laughs> oh God. So the big thing is that Cole, Cole's got a lot of heat for this. Cole is insistent that these lunches should be canceled because Adam's allowed to go to the lunches, but he does not come to everyone. He was supposed to come to the one that week, but he slept in. Donna's there every single week, apparently. Every Wednesday she's there. Adam comes occasionally and Cole is really angry about it. And on one hand, I understand because it, the thing that bothers me is that I feel like Chelsea and Cole think a lot in fairness when it comes to Adam. And yeah. that's not what, like, it's not fair. You know what I mean? Like we can all agree, like, yes, this is not fair. Yeah. It's not fair that Adam blew off the visitation center and then shows up at lunch occasionally or at a game occasionally. It's not fair that he texts her like once a month, like none of that is fair, but it's, it's not about being fair. It's about what Aubrey wants. Yeah, they want him punished. Yeah. Which is, so I, when I talk about co-parenting, I'm co-parenting often with bio parents, okay? And then I'm also co-parenting with the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. So it is very hard, and especially bio parents don't show up for, for visits and stuff, and you got the kid already, and 
and you've been talking about it and you got them to draw a picture to go and everything to, and like to show their mom like what they've been doing and stuff and the parent doesn't show up it's really frustrating and I can see it's natural to want them to be punished somehow to be like oh if you don't come to every single one then you don't get to come to any but that's like that's about the parents yeah and that's not about the children and Aubrey like I I wonder we'll get to this when we get to Brie but I wonder why they think that Aubrey's dad showing up to lunch every other month is hurting Aubrey. Actually, him never showing up would probably hurt her more. So I do see the argument and I've had people tell me this, that like, it's harder to have my dad like, like be half in the picture than not being in the picture at all. And I do think that's a fair argument, but I think, I think that unless Aubrey expresses her discomfort with it, then that's what they have to go on. I also think something that's going on and why the audience is feeling so like by Cole is that if you go back and rewatch like the first three to four seasons that Cole's on this show, Chelsea doesn't talk to him about Adam at all. She actually will specifically tell Chelsea Grace or her dad that she doesn't want Cole to hear about it. She doesn't want Cole to have to worry about it. Cole never went to court with her. Remember, she would like always bring Randy or Chelsea Grace. Like, and so suddenly I think, I think it's two things. I think one, Cole is saying things on camera. He should not be saying on camera. (laughs) And I understand the point of the show is to show their lives, whatever. But like, I just think about Aubrey watching that scene of Cole being like, I wish I was called dad in her phone and just how fucking bad she would feel because she loves Cole so much. And the last thing that she wants to do is hurt Cole's feeling and watching these with the lunches and being like, oh, but I wanted the lunches and Cole, like I hurt, a kid would be like, I hurt Cole's feelings by wanting the lunches. And I think Cole needs to be watching what he says on camera. But I also think the other thing is that like, we just haven't seen Cole be involved like this. So he's going from like zero to a hundred in a way that at least to me is very off-putting. And like I said last week, his feelings are so normal and they're so valid. There's something you have with your wife in private in your bedroom at night. It's not what you say out loud on TV. And I also like have a big issue with the fact that like Chelsea was tiptoeing around him at the end. Like, did you notice that? Like when she came back from the lawyer, she's like, I know you're upset about it, but like, she seems fine with it. So like, I'm like, Chelsea was justifying this position to Cole. And I didn't like that. Well, I know a lot of people looking at that are like, well, maybe Cole has like rages behind the, behind doors. And maybe that's true, but I don't think that's what it is. No. I think it's more that Chelsea is still date Chelsea. She doesn't want him to see, like, I bet that she does, like, if she is going to the bathroom to take a poop, I think she goes somewhere else in the house because she is still trying to show her best. So she's like trying to placate him. And well, be that's, like, yeah, I don't think fine. she's. I don't think Cole has a rage problem at all. Like, I I really don't. I think what's happening is that Cole, I think Chelsea is like kind of obsessed with Cole being like the head of the house and like her big, strong husband that like has her back. And I think like she, so that, I think that's like the dynamic they're establishing. And I don't think it's appropriate when it comes to Aubrey. Right. And so in terms of like Cole, my problem with him, because I am a step parent, guys. I my husband has a kid that is um that was adopted when um they were very young. And when they came in to find their, you know, their bio family, um, he really stepped into their family. And because they've been raised by essentially old women, that they actually 
that entire family expects him to be a father figure. Like, it's not like they're like, I like, I think like to think of us as nice aunt and uncles that hang out all the time and, yeah. and we're a part of your life. Um, and aunt Liz, if you will, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but they honestly think of him as the father and they expect him to do things like that. And so I, this is my stepkid. And what you need to remember as a step parent is one, none of this is centered around you. Cole yeah. is centering this experience around him. That's it's exactly about it. That's like, exactly it. Cole, we don't care what you want. We don't and care. I don't, people- I don't like that Chelsea's allowing it. Like, I don't right. know why in the kitchen. I mean, I know why. Cause she's a baby and she doesn't want to upset Cole and God forbid, like she's so terrified of Cole leaving her at every moment. I'm pretty sure. I think Chelsea, like every day, like wakes up kind of expecting Cole to just leave that day. Like, I think that's how little self-esteem she has. And I like in that kitchen, Chelsea should have just been like, Hey, I understand like it is frustrating for you. It's frustrating for me. We know Adam is shitty, but like, I need you to be on my side here. I decided that this is what's best for Aubrey because it's not hurting her and she really loves her dad. So we're going to let these lunches go and that's it. Like, I don't understand why Chelsea needs to be like, I know you're upset and that you didn't want it. And it's like, well, but why is he upset beyond like, I get why he loves Aubrey. I get like, I get that, but I don't get why his feelings are number one. It's not just that he loves Aubrey. The reason he's upset is because, and you said this last week, the reason he's upset is because he does all the dad work. Yeah. Yeah. And Adam gets to be called dad and Adam will always be her dad. Mm -hmm. There's nothing we can do to fix that. Like Chelsea can try to erase Adam all she wants to. She can never erase Adam. He's right there on Aubrey's face. So I think it's this. All right. So a lot of times people talk about kids They're They talk about things that are not good for the kids. And the truth is a lot of things aren't good for kids. Okay. If you can raise a kid with no candy whatsoever, that's the best way. But who the fuck can do that? Yeah. But, so the thing is, the best thing would be for Aubrey to have an active father in her life who co-parents with her, with the parents. And that it feels like she has one large family that she can feel she can lean on everyone. But we're not going to have that because Adam's a drug addict. And he also hates Chelsea for, hates. for sleeping with him for years and then upgrading and then looking good on TV. And like, he hates yeah, what's he happening. hates her because he's an abuser and she yeah. got away from him. And yeah, we'll hate and her she, forever for that. Yeah, and he really thought she, he was better than her. The way he used mm-hmm. to talk to her, he thought, because she was so clean, well, she would take anything. She made, she, she, I don't want to say she made that dynamic because he was abuser, but he was abusive. But like, that was their dynamic. <laughs> yes, that was their dynamic. And then one day she just was like, uh-uh. And yeah, it took a lot of years. I think she was sleeping with him until Aubrey was like seven, was it? No, like four. Okay, four. All right. So, because she's been married to Cole for a while. Yeah. All right. All right. So, it took a long time, but it got there. Like, sometimes you have to break up with someone a lot of times for yeah. you to break up with someone. But the thing is, if that if we can't have the, the perfect thing, the best thing is for Aubrey to see her dad when she can. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know it's a, it would be better if he was consistent, but if she enjoys him showing up to lunch and she is not devastated when he doesn't come because she doesn't seem devastated. No. She might be, because I don't know the kid, but she seems just real casual. Like, yeah, he didn't come to say, he's slipping, you know, Grandma Donna was there and she seems like she likes it. So let her have it. I think this is the other thing. I think it's easy to say, like, I wish he would be here or he wouldn't when you're talking about a one-year-old, but Aubrey's 11. So like, 
if he was just like, okay, if it was just like, okay, well, Adam's going to be totally gone from her life, that would be devastating for her. I'm guessing like, you know, it's one thing for a dad to be in and out when they're a baby and then disappear. Like, but for an 11 year old, that's really, that would be really substantial. And also she is very close with Adam's family. So like Adam as a figure is big in her life. And like, so grandma Donna, I'm sure that when grandma Donna is at, when they're at the house, grandma Donna talks about Adam. Why? That's her son. And that's Aubrey's dad. Like she will mention Adam and there's probably pictures of Adam around the house. So this idea that, that uh, Aubrey's going to go to grandma's Donna's house and Adam's never even going to be brought up is crazy. Mm -hmm. She's going to grandma Donna's house because of Adam. That's why she's going there. Also, I know that lunch is not supervised visits because a supervised visit you're in a room where someone is observing you through a two-way mirror. A lunch okay? is such a better place for Aubrey to see her dad than at a True. fucking visitation center. True. But like the visitation center, they will have like very strict rules. Yeah. They have he has to, to like, pass a drug test, I think. He has to pass a drug test. I get that. But lunch is so short. It's 20 minutes. There mm-hmm. are people in the room. Grandma Donna is sitting there. And by the way, they're probably at the parents' table. Every school, elementary school I've had, I've gone to with the kids has a parents table where you sit. Mm-hmm. You, so you're not sitting with the children. Yeah. With the other children. You're not allowed to feed other kids. You're not allowed to take pictures of other kids. Yeah. You can sit. The, so they're probably sitting at the parents table with other parents. Yeah. So it's not like Adam's it's doing lines supervised. of cocaine. On yeah. The, but it is supervised. It's just yeah. to take a drug test. And the fact is, I know as a, as someone who co-parents with bio parents from foster care i know a lot of people are like well if you can't pass a drug test you shouldn't be able to see the kid but i want you guys to understand that someone's drug issue drug addiction is none of your business what is your business is the safety of the children so as long as aubrey is not driving with him seeing him use drugs hear him talk about using drugs he's not being violent or anything in front of him it kind of doesn't matter about his addiction. It really doesn't. And do should she see him high? No. But if he is able to have a safe co- uh, interaction with her at school with other adults present for 20 minutes, I, I want people to stop acting as if Adam asked, took Aubrey to a crack house. I want people to stop acting like that. That's not what happened. And yeah, yeah. I just don't get like Cole specifically said, he said the lunches to me are one of the biggest things, or I guess Cole Aubrey or no, sorry. Chelsea says that to Mandy, the producer. She goes, I swear to you, the lunches to him, they're the biggest thing. They're the thing that bothers him the most. And I'm just like, why? Cause he wants to gatekeep or um, to see Adam. He, he believe like all of them believe that Adam has lost his right to see Aubrey at will. And I'm, I don't necessarily disagree with them, but remember- It's not like fair. I, yes, <laughs> it goes re- back to that. Yeah, remember something I tell myself all the time, like, is this for the child or is this for the adult? And cutting off those lunches is for the adults involved. It's not for Aubrey. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I like I said, I think it's just crazy that Chelsea couldn't just call Donna and talk to her about this, but whatever. It's the right choice because she's right. She shouldn't, it is Aubrey right shouldn't have to go over there once a nope. month every month and can i ask did i miss this on the other episodes does chelsea have some sort of parental tracking software in in aubrey's phone is aubrey freely texting so 
she they did talk about the fact that um she was putting like a parental i don't think she's freely texting chelsea's allowed to see everything that's in her phone she has to approve all the contacts that go in her phone they have um like the program on the phone that like aubrey can't download any apps without chelsea like giving it the approval so i think it's pretty obviously like not aubrey can just like delete messages you know what i mean like it's not foolproof but it does seem at least from what chelsea said pretty monitored also, I want to be clear that, like, this is something that someone told me, I think it was a judge, actually, that it is incredible, even if the, even if someone's parents are not doing well, if they are still reaching out, it is incredibly important that you leave the door open, because one, you need, they need to see, uh, age appropriately, they need to see that their parent isn't in a great place, and the reason so they they have an understanding of why they're not seeing them like Aubrey knows a lot about Adam right now and I know this seems counterintuitive guys but if she can understand that Adam is in a bad place right now it makes more sense why he's not seeing her like think about what it feels like to be 11 and I think your dad is perfectly fine just (laughs) just refuses to come over there that yeah. is so so again age appropriate but to so that Aubrey grows up seeing what Adam is like to understand that to understand why why she doesn't go to Adam's house because otherwise it can just seem like Chelsea just doesn't want her to yeah yeah Ugh, so I mean whatever let's talk about Bray who had a, <laughs> a similar uh, I don't understand what happened in this episode. Brie, Devon is supposed to be taking Nova to get her hair done. Why? Sh- I don't know. I don't know why that why would, would be. Why would do it? I, that, like, to me, it make, out of all of the tasks that you would give Devon, he, and she says it, she goes, well, he doesn't have a car, so he has to Uber here. Like, why is she, like, putting Devon in charge of activities that involve a car? I don't know. Why and is she also, having Nova get into a fucking Uber with Devon? That doesn't make any sense. And also, I want to understand what the fuck Devon was supposed to do while Nova, Nova was getting her hair done. Like, just look at her. And also, they take you to the back. Like, he, yeah. you usually stay up front for those type of things. I just don't understand I mean, why I can, this was a thing. I can understand Brie, like, being like, I want, I don't want to sit at the hair salon for two hours. So it would be nice, Devon, if you could sit there with her. Like, I do understand that, but that's how she was there too. Well, yeah, she ends up going, but I think in the ideal version, what was supposed to happen was Devon was supposed to come take her to the hair. He sits there and then brings her home. But once again, I don't really understand why, like what would have made more sense is if like Brie dropped her off there and Devon met them there. And then Devon and sat, sat with her and then Brie picked her up. Like, I don't understand the concept of her putting Nova in an Uber with Devon when she could, it just doesn't make sense to me. I also don't understand why we're still having this conversation about Devon. It's because you're on the show. Because otherwise, like, I don't know. I, I recently found out that about my attachment style and I can't remember what it is, but basically it's like, trust no bitch and Mm -hmm. that's how that is actually how I feel you're not gonna play me over and over and over again like I would just be like Devon um also Devon needs to work like why can't Devon go you want Devon to work I mean probably you don't think Devon's giving her any money do you I don't 
Um, I think he might give her like a hundred dollars here and there, but not, not any dinner if they go somewhere. Yeah. And like he paid, he gave her $40 at the hair salon. Um, but I don't think he's like paying child support. You know what I mean? I bet she's like, can you pay for the gymnastics sign up this month? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll give you 200 bucks or whatever it is. Exactly. Um, I just think that like, we're set we're all setting ourselves up for disappointment in this episode mm-hmm. and i don't understand why we need to keep doing this brie and i th- i think brie keeps thinking to herself oh this will be this will say i'm trying i'm trying you're trying to i mean you're s- deliberately putting yourself in this position though and so as much as like devon needs to grow the fuck up brie you know better why would you do this yeah and you also- know what's interesting a lot of yeah. people online will be like they are so hard on Devon. I don't understand. He <laughs> tries so much. Lewis doesn't He's do not. anything. And she lets Lewis get away with everything. And there's a lot of people will say that Brie doesn't like Devon and doesn't let him get away with anything because he doesn't, he's not interested in her and doesn't want to have sex with her. I'm like, I don't think Brie would fuck Devon ever. I think Devon would fuck Brie though. Yeah, I think I, think I don't so. think he'd be enthusiastic. Yeah, I no, like, but I think he's he'd be a like, guy. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I don't have to be at work till six. Let's Ex- go. <laughs> exactly. Also, I was thinking this week because I saw a bunch of people this week mention um, that his, you know his name is really pronounced Devoin. Devoin. Ev- I can't say that. And everyone's like, always like, why is it? Why does she call him Devon? Why does the whole family call him Devon? And uh, Stas had a really good point where she was like. I bet, because I was like, I wonder if he went by Devon in school, because it just doesn't make sense to me that Brie would just be like, no, 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 no. I'm making up <laughs> a way to call you, and my whole family's going to call you that, and you're not going to ever, like, correct MTV, and we're all, go- like, that doesn't make sense to me, and Stas was like, I bet that's what teachers called him, and he just never corrected them, because Absolutely. she's Anastasia, and she would just let herself be Anastasia at school, because she just, like, got tired of correcting the teachers, and I was yep. like, that makes so much more sense, because Brie and him knew each other in high school, and, like, there are people that, like, you know what I mean? You, like, knew them in elementary school, and they went by one name, and then a different name in high school, and you're like, I can't really think of you like that. Like, I can only give you the name that I know you by, like, yeah. I that happened de- to and- me too. I told I was waiting tables because people always call me Precious when they hear Princess and they go, "Okay, Precious." And <laughs> this woman called me Precious, and she was having a great time. I was at a fine dining restaurant, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm not going to correct her. She's going to give me a big tip." And did I know that bitch was a regular? And she would just come in all the time and go, "Precious," and people would go, "Who the fuck is she talking to?" And I'd be like, "Me." <laughs> that's my I've just decided I'm not gonna like we're three you know we're three dinners in I can't yeah. correct her now so <laughs> yeah okay yeah that makes all the sense in the world yeah but I, I mean, mean she should make an effort if he wants to be called Devoin she should out of respect do we know he wants human. to be called Devoin? I don't know because Dr. Drew and Nessa are calling him that now because I guess he was like, yeah, I want to be called that. But I also don't think Devon care. I don't think Devon, I don't think cares, Devon cares much. Mm, no, I tell you what happened. That day when they sat down, someone goes, you know, his name is Devoin. And and Dr. Drew and Nessa goes, is it? And he goes, yeah. And then they, they, <laughs> they they're like, do you want to be called that? And he's like, no, yeah. I don't think they ever asked him. I think they him. did. I, I remember him being asked. You think I, they asked? They yeah, like, we I, saw it on TV, princess. We? I'm one of the 17-year-olds who doesn't watch it. So I don't know. 
We didn't see I'm it. hanging up this call right now. No, I, mean, I, I remembered them asking, like, do you want us, Dr. Drew doing it in that way that Dr. Uh, Drew taught, you know, exactly. So do you want uh, us to yeah, call you Devoin? And I bet at that moment he was like, yeah, I don't think Devon cares about almost anything, honestly. Also, no. Devon's mom has just dropped out of the picture. Well, okay. So this is what I want to understand about Brie. Brie has no problem meeting a dude at the club, fucking him and getting pregnant, telling Nova they're going to move in with him, and like having no idea of the person he is. These people drop in and out of her children's life all the time, but she she sees her grandmother for two months and then doesn't see her this month, and suddenly grandma, I mean, obviously, she didn't see her for eight years, but I just, I I understand what she feels, but I I just want to know why she holds a standard higher for the, for Devon's family than she does for her own life. I agree. But I do think that weirdly enough, Brie did kind of learn a lesson with Lewis because she didn't act that way with John at all. Like they didn't know John as her boyfriend for a long time. Like she was like, I'm not ready to move in with you. Although she did have Javi around them a lot. Okay. So maybe not, but it doesn't seem like since Javi, like with John, she was moved very slow it I felt like she liked John to be well honest. she didn't really but does she like Lewis like yes I think like she people? liked Lewis. she was she was legit playing to move out of that home I know I remember and like, she was like gonna leave Nova there maybe she's like do you want to come with us yeah like <laughs> she's like hey girl it, you want to come it, with us to my new place or you want to stay here with grandma all right Nova's an acquaintance of hers like what are you talking about <laughs> this is crazy so like like I get it, but well, because she's she does because because Devon's mom was shitty to her and, and so wasn't around for eight years. her. And then and I think that if she, I think that instead of like getting over it, like most people probably would, the lady then dipped out for eight years. So Brie was just like, "Well, fuck oh, that yeah. bitch." And then not coming to Thanksgiving. That is some petty level shit I aspire to, but I'm too old for it. Now. Somebody on my uh, Instagram had a good comment where they're like, "Maybe she was just drunk and like <laughs> had been drinking all day, and like her feet really did hurt." And I was like, "Well, why wouldn't they?" So I came up with this scenario. They were at whoever's house during the day, right? Like they had their family Thanksgiving. She's drunk. And I would bet maybe Devon's family lives kind of far from Brie. And so the idea was like, well, we'll stop at Brie's for an hour and then we'll drive the half hour, 45 minutes home. And maybe his mom was just like, I can't get out of the car. Like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I can't be on camera. Like, I can't, I can't smile at Roxanne. Like, I, the only thing I can do right now is sit in this car. And it's so weird as fuck. But that, I was like, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. I know Brie doesn't know this because she's never not lived with grandma. But grandmas don't show, you don't necessarily see grandma every month. So if you saw her a lot for two months and then you don't see her till, I don't know. Let's say this is summer. I don't know what their timelines are, but you don't see her again till Halloween. Like that's a grandma thing. Grandma doesn't show up every day. And so I don't forgive. I'm like, I can't excuse the, we live in the same area. And for eight years, you didn't even like call. Send a text. Yeah. Send a text, send a gift, like just send me a text and go. So where could I send a birthday present for Nova? Mm-hmm. Like just something like that. I get, that's ridiculous. I'm not excusing that. But I am saying that just because you haven't seen grandma this month does not mean that we'll fuck the whole fucking thing. And just because Devon cannot, like Devon is, 
the fact that Devon has a job is he's doing great to, according to me. Uh, he, he has made a lot of progress in two years. The issue is, is that he's at like where an 18 year old should be. Yes. And he's like 24. Yes. And I get that. I get that. And his hair journey is a lot. And <laughs> I, I feel he's, he looks high all the time. Oh, he's high all the time. And I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And, but I just feel like this was a weird setup, Brie. It just seemed like a weird thing. Devon coming over one afternoon and hanging out in Nova's room playing video games or taking her to the park up, like walking to the park up the street, you know, she probably lives in a development with a park. She she does. That's what the, exactly what they should have done. I don't understand why she would be like, I know what I'll do. I'll give the (laughs) most unreliable person in my life a task that must be done and has to be done on time and takes quite a long time to do. And he doesn't have the tools to do the literal tools. He does not have a car to make these things happen. So you're exactly right. Devon, come over, take her up the street, drop Nova off for the afternoon at his house, play video games there. Like I don't, Brie is frustrating in that she's the type of person that like acts like she doesn't do this but she constantly is setting up people for failure and then getting mad at them and then after the fact will be like this is why i don't ask them to do anything i'm like okay but like you do like you do ask him to do stuff because we have this conversation five times a season yeah and i understand why you don't want to drop her off at devon's house because of the pool incident because i think she she does go there again now though okay but i would be very angry he would have to do months of all right so we're starting back at one devon Mm -hmm. you come over and you can walk her down the street and then we'll work on that. And then eventually we'll get back to where you're, but we're not going to do this. I can see her saying that, but this just seems like the fact that Devon wants to come and see is great. I think that's mm-hmm. great. But I also would not hype Nova up for Devon to show up. Yeah. I probably, I don't tell my foster kids until the day of some, some things or until we're about to go, because I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. I don't want to. And also listen, Little Nova is my favorite child on this fucking on these. Oh my things. god, Brie and Nova favorite. though, their weird, shy, codependent thing they have going on is not great. It's not that Nova's shy, and I think that's wrong. That I think that's fine. It's appropriate for her age. I think the way Brie interacts with her. Yeah, it's with the it, two of them together. Yeah. What they're and doing then, together. And I if I were Nova's caretaker I would say to Nova, hey, I know you're having a hard time expressing yourself right now. I know that's hard, but we won't know unless you tell us. So I'm going to just wait until you're ready to say something because I can't, I can't read minds. It's, I was well, a shy child too. Brie is so shy herself. And I yes, think that is. like, I think that Brie and Nova really, <laughs> I mean, I know Nova's a child, but I think the two of them like fuel each other's shyness. And I think that like Brie's like shut down things she does Nova picks up on and like when they were just like sitting on the couch like all snuggled up on each other whispering to one another I was like like she's Nova's a child so is this the worst thing in the world no No. but I was like I feel like they the two of them have like a little she enables it too much and I like not only does Brie enable it too much I think Nova feeds off of Brie's shyness as well and I don't think it's great like the dynamic that Brie is setting up between her and Nova with that yeah 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 and I also don't think like like she kind of sets herself up as Nova doesn't have to speak up for things. She can tell yeah. Brie, but Brie doesn't speak up for things either. So I'm it's, wondering how this is going to work when we get older, because 
Like exactly. it breathes your mouthpiece. You, you better be talking to TT or something because that's not going to work. <laughs> it's so funny how Stella is exactly like Brittany and Roxanne and Nova's exactly like Brie. It's so yeah. funny. She, and, and Stella looks just like them. Yeah. <laughs> I so like funny. even... And I remember you talking about Stelita, how Devon and her are just like the best of buddies. Even in this episode, he was like- I hate that I fall for that, but I do. Well, it's, well, listen, it's hard because it's not, you're not falling for Devon. You're falling for Stelita's happiness at seeing Devon. Like you don't believe Devon, you still know Devon ain't shit, but you love to see Stelita happy. And she's too young to know Devon ain't shit. It's going to be a while. She's going to be like, Devon ain't shit and neither is my daddy. And she's so, so happy when Devon comes around. But she th- he probably plays with her. Think yeah, well, about he that. picks her up as soon as he comes to the door. He picks her up. He brings her a gift when he comes. Lewis like comes over and he's like, "Hey, girl, how are you?" Like, <laughs> like, he like, looks at the on. baby and he's like, "You got anything new going on?" Like, yeah. And I think one of the things about Devon that makes me be less hard on him, even though I still think he has so far to go is that I have seen progress in him yeah that's why it's because I've literally watched on tv progress not not a lot but some and a lot of these other characters that are on the level of Devon we don't see very much in progress from them um yeah I think though Devon also benefits from a couple things one I think them not being on the show for five years really fucking helped because he really really well, really helped wait, because you think i think he would have been there if they would have been on the show the whole time uh not that much but i think we would have gotten way more of him shit talking brie uh-huh. and i think the reason that it's easy to be easy on devon is that one on teen mom two at least he is so mild-mannered he is so calm i don't think we've ever seen devon raise his voice like he is he's just we don't see him interacting with his family. So he's not like on camera with his family talking shit about Brie. Like yeah. we've just had a very different experience with Devon than we've had with the other not shit dads, like compared to Adam or Ryan yeah. or yeah, okay. even Jeremy, like they're Aggressiveness. like Devon doesn't really have, I mean, he does have it, but he's not showing it to us right not now. Not on camera. On camera, he's high as fuck chilling. Like he's not, <laughs> he's not going to fight with Bree and Bree's also not going to fight with him. So the two of them like don't battle like they did on 16 Pregnant and Team Mom 3. So that's why I think like, I think that if we had been following them this whole time, we would have seen some nasty ass moments from Devon that we are like, I will never forget that. Like early season Joe, Gary, like that type of shit. And we just didn't really see that from Devon because they weren't on TV. And now whenever he is on TV, he's just like fucking chilling. Like he's a, like he's a deadbeat. He's not really around, but I do think that people watching the show were conditioned to um expect the deadbeats to act a certain way with a certain level of aggressiveness with a certain level of meanness mm-hmm. and devon doesn't have that so i think it's easy to be like what's so bad about devon yeah and like in in like 10 years devon's gonna have an apartment i mean he'll be 35 by then but he's gonna have an apartment and some woman that like make sure he eats i'm and- surprised he doesn't have a girlfriend that's taking care of him I think Devon probably sees many women. I, I think agree, De- but Devon's a good looking guy, to be honest. I mean, I love uh, it. Devon is, hot. that's why I'm saying Devon is hot. I'm surprised he hasn't figured out some girl to drive him all over the, to drive him all over the greater Orlando area and cook food for him. I mean, he's at that age. I can't believe he doesn't have the girl, main girl and then, you know, other girls. Do you remember 
when Javi was supposed to be taking care of Brie and they're, I guess they were in Miami mm-hmm. and you know, Devon uh, was there. No, it was, yeah. The sister, <laughs> like TT and grandma were like, okay, we got to go down there. And Devon was there and they were, and the, where the fuck is Devon going? Devon is just in the car, listening to music as they drive down to Miami to whoop Javi's ass. Walks, he walks and he's like, hey guys. And <laughs> he just, it sits down. Like he has, like, he's like, He's like an old cat. He has nothing in him. You just take him wherever the fuck you go. He, well, <laughs> I've always said Devon is like their not shit cousin. Like yeah. that's how they treat Devon. They're like a oh, fucking Devon. Like, but they <laughs> like him and he's like funny and he comes around sometimes. And yeah. that's why like he really, that's why when people are like, Brie doesn't like him because he won't fuck her. I'm like, I think Brie views him as like her weird cousin that like yeah. comes around every once in a while. Like, I don't think it is that. Well, and that people are always giving the DJ Zeus women shit for like the way they treat Devon. And I'm with you that Brie is setting herself up for this and it's very stupid, but I don't feel bad for Devon. They let no. him live at their apartment and no. on the fucking couch in that tiny little apartment. And he still didn't do shit. Devon makes bad choices. My yeah. pro- And I will, I would call him out on that every time I saw him. But Brie is making bad choices too. Yes. You are setting yourself up for failure. You're letting Nova into these situations yes. where she sees this because oh. you want to be say, I told you so, I told you. Well, and it's exactly the same thing as Chelsea and Cole. I get it. It's not fair that Brie needs to let Devon come over and just walk her up the street and play with her for an hour every week while you do every other fucking thing. That's not fair. It absolutely is not fair, but nothing about life, and I would imagine, especially parenting, is fair. Nothing about parenting is fair. If it was fair, these motherfuckers would be paying part of this rent. Like, (laughs) but they don't, because they're children. So you just, like, (laughs) you have to stretch yourself for your children, and sometimes that means, like, guys, my mom used to drive me to a prison to see her ex-husband. Like, what, for nothing. Like, she spent money and time to that. I mean, she did get something out of it. He's still in love with her. So don't get me wrong. She had a good time. But (laughs) but that attention up a little bit. Yeah, she just be like, oh, so what are you doing? I'm just living my life, not in prison. (laughs) But at the same time, though, she didn't have to do that. But she said to me, she's like, if I can, I will. And if I can't, I'll let you guys know when I can't. And I really appreciate her for that because if she had not done that, I would have spent my entire life making up this story about my biological father. That is absolutely not true. And I see him for what he is. And even now, like some of my, his relatives will be like, you know, he's not guilty. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, that's not true. He's guilty. And then also (laughs) they'll be like, well, you know, if he had been in your life and been out of prison, I said, if he had been out of prison, we don't know where to happen. I might not have never seen his ass then either. Yeah. So, like, Actually, you probably saw him more because he was in prison. I knew exactly where he was. spot where your mom could drive you for scheduled visits. Yeah, girl, my mom, my brother and I got into a, I have a mouth on me. And my brother and I got into a fight once. And he said, well, that's why your dad is in prison. I said, well, at least I see him. We don't even know where your father is. <laughs> I said, when's the last time you saw him? Exactly. And I was like, I was like, nine years old this is why you don't want to get in fight i will just be like oh yeah well guess what your mom's ugly yeah yeah (laughs) so but like i did so like we can do what ifs all we want to about that situation but my mom made it easy for me to speak to him she made it easy for me to see him when it was convenient for her Mm. and i appreciate her for that so i don't have like this 
thing in my head. Like, Chel- yeah. like Aubrey might make up about Adam. Kale like- had with her dad. Remember when yeah. she went to visit him on 16 Pregnant and you saw the last straw of innocence being crushed from her body yeah, on if, camera. <laughs> maybe if her mom had been like, hey, let, let's- uh, go to let's Texas vis- let's go to Texas and visit your dad's side of family so you can actually see yeah why you don't want to be there bitch. yes <laughs> and it's not fair it's so not fair and I understand why Bree's upset about it but it's just the immaturity thing and it goes with Chelsea and Cole yeah. like and I've heard I think about this a lot when it comes to um Paisley and Aubrey which I don't really think they see each other very much at all anymore but like I always see people be like well, why should Taylor and Chelsea have to go out of their way to get them together? Like, they're not the ones that did it. And it's like, because Adam's not, and it's not fucking fair, but it's not about them and who it's fair for. I feel like that's so much of the heart of this show is like adults stomping around being like, it's not fair. But this is also, I keep saying, this is why we don't have kids in the 10th grade. And it's because (laughs) the, the access, I mean, we, everything's always a risk, but that, cool boy who smokes cigarettes and whose parents are never home and he he has a he has a motorbike or something that that is not I promise you he's probably not going to be the type of man that you are going to be interested in when you're in your mid-20s early 30s it's just not how it works yes very true um literally nothing happened in Jade's segment this week she goes to Vegas and nothing happens there's nothing to talk about I don't I do I have questions about Jade sure what are they? Why does Jade not believe in daycare? Uh, she takes Chloe to daycare. So what is what does she need these people to help her with? I know the trip. I understand that part. But the rest of the time, is it that she, she needs to go out at night? Is that why she needs to help? I think the type of daycare she uses is like an in-home drop-off center. Um, and that she, like, if she doesn't have to pay for it, she would rather not. But at daycare, at least they try to screen for drug addicts. I, I agree. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think that's what's going on. And I bet like, for whatever reason, she still believes her mom and her mom's like, well, you won't have to pay for daycare. And Jade's like desperate to save that, you know, $300 a week or whatever crazy amount of money it is. And Mm. I, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand anything about her. I like, I mean, I do, I understand everything about her and why she does all this shit. It's just hard to watch. And also you think you made a great point that Jade probably does drugs, right? Yeah. She just doesn't want people doing crack. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when she's drug testing, Sean, she's drug testing for a specific drug. What's his meth or is it heroin? Heroin, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they've ever said, but okay. I I mean, just based on his behavior. Yeah. Right, right. So she's probably just testing for heroin. Like she probably is just like, oh, you smoked weed. That's fine. Well, we smoked weed together, probably. Right. So I just didn't expect Sean to still be around. And I guess so. What it is is that when Sean is there, she kicks out her parents. And then when her and Sean get into it, her parents move in. And then, so she flips between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So is she fucking Sean the whole time? Is that why it's so easy to flip him in and out? Because even if he's been gone for three months, you've been having sex with him. Yeah. So the relationship never ends. It's just like, well, you can't stay with me. Well, yeah, she punishes him every once in a while. Huh. It's like I, what she's doing. I think she's just punishing him for a week here and there. Yeah, I don't, I also think Jade, 
from what I understand of watching her is that Jade has a lot of friends with kids. Yeah. Like she just, she seems like she has a lot of people in her life. I don't understand why her baby can't stay with someone who also has a baby. I, I don't know. I, would you trust Sean to watch your baby for three days? No. Are you kidding me? Like, oh, and and then she goes, did you like how she goes? And you're going to have to take a drug test when I get back. And I'm like, you are worried that he's going to be doing drugs while you're in Vegas. And like, you don't trust him enough to stay sober in this period, but you're still going to leave your baby with him. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is incredibly dangerous. I think unfortunately that I think what it comes down to a lot of it is that unfortunately I think Jade is very selfish and she does not want to make enough sacrifices for Chloe. And I think the reality is, is that like, she knows she can't actually go to Vegas. Like there is nobody to watch her kid for four days. Not even grandma? Oh, her grandma. I think her grandma's, she's old. I think she doesn't seem that mobile. Like, you know what? I I don't, I don't think that's, but I would kind of guess there's not somebody that can watch Chloe for like multiple days. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. And I think that if Jade was more mature, I think she would kind of just accept that that's her cross the bear as a single mom and it sucks and it's not fair, like but right that's now, the reality. You can't go to Vegas today. Sorry. Yeah. And like, I know a million single moms and married moms who can't go to Vegas for four days because it's just not feasible with childcare in their lives. Like, could you, it would probably be pretty hard for you to pop over to Vegas for four days. It would be really, my husband would have to have vacation or like, it it would be very, like we, we would have to do some juggling for me to get to Vegas for four days. And then he'd be like, well, what the fuck are you going to do in Vegas for four days? And I'd be like, go to a buffet. Yeah. I don't don't know what else I'm going to do. Yeah, exactly. So it would be, I think if, I don't think Jade's a bad mom maybe we don't really see she's her a parenting mom. a lot it, it really it's hard for me to like I definitely wouldn't say she's a bad mom because I don't think we've seen enough to like say that but I think at the same time she like wasn't truly really ready to do like the 24 7 of parenting which is why she like would leave her child with the child's father but she's so worried that he's going to do dope that she drug tests him when he gets back it's why she will leave chloe with her drug addict crack smoking parents because she just wants to get out of the house and i'm not saying she wants to like get away from the baby but she wants to go be on her own and do like single person things and i think that jade probably liked the idea of having a baby and i think that 70 percent of the time jade's probably good with chloe and like fine with it i think that from what i can tell i think jade doesn't have patience she doesn't have patience and i think she very much is like i need this day to myself yeah which i think she does but i think that she didn't quite realize what she was giving up when she had chloe you know her parents smoke crack around chloe of course they do they probably smoke crack with chloe in the car yeah yeah they definitely do why wouldn't they why wouldn't you you're I, a crack addict. You you don't stop doing crack because the baby's there. And and I'm sure that like the first couple of times we were like, no, don't do it in front of like the baby's there. Exactly. And then finally you get comfortable enough and you're like, Please. okay, let's do it real quick. That's what that's what being a drug addict is. Testing boundaries over and over again. Just all these things that you say you wouldn't do. Um, like I I think Sean did well. He seemed fine. Yeah, he um, did. See, I think when Sean is soberish who knows how sober he does seem pretty hands-on with chloe he doesn't seem like he doesn't well, know what to do with he chloe. hasn't been working since chloe was born for sure so. for sure but he wasn't like you can't leave me alone with chloe because like 
I don't know how my, how am I supposed to take care of her? Like he definitely seems to have an ability to take care of her, especially compared to some of the dads on this show. I know. Like, I don't know if Ashley could leave bar with Holly for multiple days at a time. Yeah, like, you just go to the Shen's house though. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shen is on the other side of the country, I think, but yeah. I don't, I don't think, I think bar gets Holly for a night when they're not together. You know what I mean? But I don't think, I yeah, think there are a lot of moms. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of moms on this show couldn't really trust the baby's father to watch them overnight for multiple days. So I think that does like, sh- like Sean didn't look freaked by it at all. He was like no. totally like non-phased. He was like, okay, cool. Like, we'll be fine. That's totally fine. And they were, and it was. And I think that's good. The thing that just sucks is that Sean's a drug addict and that he can't be that way 24 seven. And it's a shame because I think if Sean could get it together and like hold a job down and not do heroin, I think he could, could be a pretty good person. Yeah. I think, I think if I were betting, I'd bet on Sean because the, the parents have been doing this for decades. Oh yeah. Sean over the parents for sure. Yeah. I also, I think Sean will change the diaper. Christy won't. (laughs) <laughs> you know i don't think that dad will he doesn't even well, speak no. well he's i don't even know his name yeah he doesn't know chloe's name either he just is in the corner but i just i know why she does it but dude jade your mom has been letting you down for decades over like well, since this, she is, was this a is the child. opposite this is the opposite of what we were just talking about with aubrey and nova <laughs> yeah. we're like she just has to see her and then she'll know what she's like jade's like uh, just kidding nope that doesn't work either <laughs> I, apparently but she knows her mother is like she knows what her mother is she's always done that since the second i've seen jade on screen but the fact is that when it's convenient for her she will choose to believe that that's not true yes and i'm like but jay but then she then she gets so mad when it happens that's why she set herself up once again it's always setting herself up all that screaming is really hard like um i think like so kale is very angry and uh i think janelle's a yeller a screamer a crier but jay that screaming that of like zero to 10 scares me. I, I would not like those people. I couldn't be around those people. They would, I would be like, my hands would be shaking around them because like, I would have PTSD from like living in a violent home. And then Jade, like everything would seem fine. Christy would say something and then Jade would just boom, be off. And I was like, mm-hmm. I gotta go. I can't, you, I can't be here like this where all, everything is fine, fine, fine. And suddenly it's not, I can't do this. I, Jade needs to get to therapy and she and I think Jade has PTSD too. Jade oh, the way she for shakes sure. the way she oh my god. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about Leah who Ugh. Okay. <laughs> I first of all, first of all, as somebody that read Leah's book, the story she is telling now mere six months after the book came out is like so different from what she wrote in the book so I'm like what the fuck not necessarily what she's saying on the show right now but what she's been saying like in interviews and stuff like how now she's talking about it was worse than but you just wrote a book 
She's talking about the fact that she tried heroin. She's talking about the fact that she was buying pills off the street. In the book, she literally makes it seem like she got pills that weren't prescribed to her one single time from her dad. And then she went to rehab that day. I swear to God, that's how she wrote it in the book. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't seem true. (laughs) My thing with like, okay, everybody's like, I'm so proud of Leah for admitting she's an addict. And like, fine. I'm proud of her too. Okay, fine. But I watch this and she's like, she goes, you know, I, I was a drug addict. And it's like, bitch, we know. know. We watched it. It was only five years ago. We watched you for multiple seasons being a drug addict. We all know this. So like, I get like why people are like, well, it means a lot that she's like being honest about it and she's talking about it and she doesn't have shame with it anymore. Like, I guess, I guess. I guess I did notice that she's still kind of framing it as Corey's going to use this against me. Did you, did you pick up on that when she goes, you know, and like, I was worried Corey would be using it against me in court still. And it's like, he wasn't using it against you. He was trying to save your children from danger because you were driving high with them. And Addie was getting out of the house and the cops had to bring her home. Like they were physically, they were worried about their physical safety. I think that like, she has this case of, I did the wrong thing, but it's worse that you are talking about it. It's worse that you're bringing it up. And that's not, She says it about Jeremy. She goes, well, you know, he said it to everybody else, but didn't ask me about it. He just said it behind my back. Well, he looked at his bank account. That's how he didn't have to ask you. (laughs) Plus, I find it very hard to believe that there was... First of all, I think Jeremy and Leah used to use together. I've always maintained this. I think they used to party together. Go back... I was on Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom not that long ago, and we watched their wedding episode. She is high as fuck in that episode, and this is pre-Addy coming. You can go back to season one and see, somebody recently was like, I don't think she was high. I think she's just stupid, and you're confusing that with it. I'm like, no, because the scenes where she's not high, you can tell. Like, there is a marked difference. I think Leah's been partying since she was a teenager. Yes. I think that Leah and Corey probably did a ton of coke together and a ton of pills together, but for or for Jeremy, it was just a thing. You know what I mean? It was an addiction. And so I don't think he had to ask Lee about it. Cause I think he knew, like you said, he looked at his bank account and he knew the drugs they did together. And he probably a few, they had a couple of fights where he was like, you need to stop spending money. You need to stop this shit. Yeah. Um, I don't, what are you doing? Doing pills all fucking day. Yeah. Come home. That house looked crazy. Yeah. And I'm not, like, I'm not someone that's like, oh, well, he makes the money and she's at home, so she better have this place. But, like, Lena, no, what the house are was we doing? Crazy. Crazy. You're, you literally don't have anywhere to be but right here. What yeah. are you doing, Leah? Yeah. And I find it very hard to believe Jeremy never, like, yelled, like, you got to stop doing those fucking pills, Leah. Yeah. Please. Or I didn't want to be married to a pill popper, did yeah, I? Yeah, please. So, so when Leah has the nerve, this is, Leah's a, tri- a trickle truther. And that's like why she irritates me so fucking much. And everybody's like, Leah's so bravely, so honest. I'm like, Leah's a liar. I feel like I'm the only one that sees how much Leah lies. And she's always been a fucking liar. And like, if you want to ask a recent time she lied, uh, how about when she moved her children into that guy Jason's house and was like adamantly saying that we weren't living there. And then Gracie goes, we've been living there for a month. What are you talking about? We live there, mom. How about the whole last season when she was fucking Jeremy and lying? 
straight to the camera and to her kids and playing this weird game about it. Leah is a liar. And what Leah does, Leah is really good now. If you've noticed, Leah now speaks in therapy cliches and like yep. those Instagram memes. Like she speaks- Did she learned that from the cult? Yeah, I think so. Which I don't think she's in anymore. I haven't heard her mention in quite a long time, but I think that's where this all came from. I think, well, I think a little bit of it came from the MLM stuff before because that's very MLM-like, you yeah. know? And then- especially from the cult, but everything Leah says is like, stand in your power, like that type of shit that doesn't actually mean anything. Like there's no depth to it at all. And I, so this like thing of like, it's so worried that Leah's talking about this on camera. I'm just like, I don't really think so because I think she's so lying about a ton of shit. And so like, I think what she's doing is like, she says like, well, I'm an addict and I'm ready to talk about this because I'm going to help people. And then everybody is like, yay. And then she can get away with lying about more stuff. And I think she knows that. I think she's very manipulative like that. Yeah. I think, I also want to know why we're not talking about the ghostwriter, right? Because when she goes, it's my editor and we both wrote a timeline. I mean, so you wrote an an timeline for your ghostwriter so they could fill it in. Yeah. And I'm just like, Leah, we know you didn't write a book, babe. So like, I mean. Also, she's at the timeline stage sometime in like December or January. And then the pre-order comes up Why she still at the timeline stage. Please. Exactly. Please. Exactly. And they wouldn't be doing pre-orders then because they don't know that you're actually going to deliver a fucking book. Yeah, but they know plenty the ghostwriter people, is. Yeah, but plenty of people get yeah. paid for a book and don't fucking deliver it. Yeah. So they would never put a pre-order up without that. And no. so- like, there's no shame in Leah using a ghostwriter. She's, she's not, not a writer. A, I don't even think she graduated high school. And so, mm, not yeah, that. she did. She did. Don't you remember what she had those, tw- the twins in those like insane dresses and the picture oh, yeah. of her holding both of them? Oh, yeah. Those Chantilly dresses. Yeah. <laughs> but the Gone and, with the Wind shit. Yeah. Yeah. But not that like graduating high school means you write a book. But I'm just saying, Leah doesn't write. And no. so it makes more sense for her to be like, so I'm working is- with a co writer. Yeah. Just say, like, like I know the stories, but this person will be able to like make it into a story that you can read, yeah. and that makes sense. And no one would hold totally. her up for that. And also, this this editor phone call, man, maybe they cut some things out. But it basically was like, "What's the name of your book?" Yeah, and I was like, that's "Oh, an that's email, bitch. great. That's <laughs> great." Hold on, wait. We need to talk about it at the very start of this episode. She goes. Allie's been feeling a lot better. So we're just going to keep her wheelchair at school more. And then as she's doing this voiceover, MTV is showing Allie like zoomed in on her feet, like doing the running man. I was like, okay, first of all, that's shady as fuck. That's a child that has a disability, but also like Leah, Allie is disabled at home, at school, on the weekends, (laughs) at night. All of the time. vacation. Allie has a disability. It is 24-7. The disability doesn't go away when she gets home. And like we see them playing like the fucking Just Dance Connect game. It's not like at home she's just sitting constantly so she doesn't need the wheelchair. I just, I, I don't understand why she is not figuring out the best way to do this for Allie. She has her head in the fucking sand. Allie's going to be very angry as a teenager because first of all, it's going to be to progress. Like, honestly, Liz, Allie can be dead by the time she's a teenager, Mm. but it's going to be, it's progressing. So it's going to be progressed to the point where she can't even fake doing stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And she's going to be very angry at the fact that she's lived this entire life 
or people being like, you can do it if you just want to walk enough. You can't. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's it's going to be a lot of porn. Shit. Yeah, it's going to be what a Allie lot of is. Shit. It's inspi- yeah. like they definitely use Ali as that inspiration porn where yeah. you're just the strongest thing that I know. And it's like, no, she's just a kid that has a disability. Right. And if you would just give her her wheelchair and Allie probably wants to stay up all night eating candy and looking at YouTube, but you can't let her. I mean, Leah yeah. lets her, but you can, the rest, <laughs> of you don't lets her. <laughs> the rest of you don't let her because why she's a child and she wants to walk. I know, but it just makes things worse for her over time. And it's really important that we like Allie's 11, right? Yeah. Allie, think about Allie could have come to terms with this years ago. At it could six, be yeah, seven. She, yeah. She could be, she could know people that have the same thing she has. She could have an understanding of who she is and be developing who she is as a person, mm-hmm. talking about the things that she is good at and can be good at. Like mm-hmm. Allie, I don't care how many times you lift Allie up in the pyramid. She's not going to be on the competitive cheerleader team. It's not possible, but she could have stayed in that choir. She could have done that. Like I, there, it's so hard. Like there's nothing for Allie to feel good about herself with because you keep putting her positions to compare herself to everyone else when she shouldn't have to. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so weird that she can like say with a straight face, like, well, she doesn't need uh, to have her wheelchair today. We're going to just let her leave it at school. Yeah, I, I can't. There's I was also, talking. Sorry, go ahead. I was talking to you about like my kids having ADHD and how mm-hmm. when I first got them, I had to really learn about um, ADHD because I didn't know. I, I really thought it was just like you run around too much. And so um, when I first got them, they were like, well, you don't have to give them their medicine on the weekends, give them a break from it and stuff. And fi- And I noticed that like, they would be in more trouble. They would be like doing shit that was crazy. They would, they would have to like, they, you know, we have a social contract that people were playing games and playing with other kids and they like, it would be hard for them. And their psychiatrist was like, oh, that's because they have ADHD all the time, not just at school. And so like, like, it's not fun to have brain fog. It's not fun to be be so impulsive. You can't control yourself and be in trouble all the time. And you can't even explain why you did it. It's not fun to not figure out a way to play with other kids and you're alone because you your brain doesn't work the way their brain works. And I was like, oh, okay. And But like, the more I learned about it, the more I was like, okay, I understand this, I understand that. And I just feel like Leah stopped learning about Allie's disability like almost immediately. Mm-hmm. That's weird, right? It's so weird. Also like compared to someone like Cheyenne and everything they do with Ryder. Oh yeah. Where they're like in DC with, meeting with uh, parents that have children with rare genetic disorders they seem really educated on what she has like it just it's like I mean it just Lee is not very smart I think is what it comes down to and she doesn't really desire to I think now that Lee has found these like cliches and platitudes to like latch onto she's like great I fixed I figured it out Leah declaring that her book is going to be a self-help book I'm like that's Bitch, not, where did this ego cut? Like, what are you talking about? That's not what a self-help book is. And it like, is. <laughs> but Leah's never read a book. Leah's what never read a book. Leah's never you know, read a book in her life. So the way they're raising Allie, Allie's gonna live with them forever. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have to. Like, that's, like, she could easily, like, grow up and live on her own. Like, it's possible. 
and with a help with aid, depending on how mobile she is, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if, if they had, I mean, I'm not saying that they're the reason her, her limbs aren't, no, of course not. I'm not saying that. But the fact is, is that because they are trying to force things that aren't supposed to be happening, like it might have happened so that like when, when Allie was in her twenties, she could have lived alone because she could get herself in and outside the bathtub because she wasn't like, because she learned how to do it as a child. She learned how to do it as a child. Uh, and she had figured out a way to do, like she could be living with a roommate or something like, but the way they are raising Allie, Allie will live with them till she dies, which as Gracie goes off and does things and moves away. I mean, start stripping or whatever as Addie gets in the pills, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because you're going to, you're going to come it's on a... this podcast and speak how we talk to one another in text out loud. I'm sorry. You're right. I don't know what the fuck's <laughs> going to happen with Gracie and Addie, but I just don't think Leah's raising them in a way that. No. So, and then Allie will be at home yeah. if she's alive. And so, and we're not talking, and I think Gracie still should be in therapy. I think they all should be in therapy, but Gracie's going to lose her twin a lot no, sooner than so she ever sad. thought. And Gracie's probably got a lot of resentment from Allie. She also feel, has survivor's remorse, although mm-hmm. she probably doesn't know to call it that. She, like, there's a whole lot of shit going on, and they're just like, don't worry, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, by the way, the one other thing was that Jeremy doesn't want her to talk about this on film. I think Jeremy is like, are you? I don't think that he doesn't want to talk about it for his sake. I think he's just like, I, I think Jeremy knows even 10 times more than Leah put in that book and is saying. And yeah. so I bet he's like, you're going to well, talk about that on TV. <laughs> and then she's like, well, no, I'm going to talk about like the fake abortion or the fake miscarriage thing. I'm going to like talk about some of the pills, but like, I'm not going to talk about that other shit. Like, I think Jeremy is just like, you sure you want to do this? <laughs> like, Yeah. He's like, why (laughs) yeah yeah probably if okay let's talk about kale who as i talked about a couple weeks on the podcast i said kale has an arraignment coming up it's in family courts we don't really know anything about it there was speculation that it had to do with when chris cut lux's hair and it came out kale was arrested at the end of september um for punching like close fist punching chris multiple times after the haircutting incident, um, she has a no contact order. I've heard a lot of people be like, oh yes, now he has a PFA on her. But I just want to clarify that a PFA is a civil order that like the victim applies for themselves and no contact order is something that a judge orders usually yeah. at like the first hearing. They'll just like, if it's a domestic violence issue, the judge will yeah. order no contact order. So Chris probably didn't even ask for it. The judge just gave it. Apparently what happened which is this is insane <laughs> insane Kale, well, not insane it's it, it's understandable it's, it's too it's something that like a 15 year old does you know what i mean yeah and i think she's it's too scary old for this. To, what scares me is that this does not seem to have been an emotional bottom for kale right she didn't seem like she wasn't even that upset about it. like i would have expected her to post a crying like video or something like that she just seems like well she's just been doing her podcast she like got on her podcast and talked about how great she and Javi are doing now and apologized to Lauren and said that's one of the biggest regrets of her life like all of that came post arrest yeah 
it's weird. I think, I think she's taking it seriously, but go on. So Kale, I don't think she is either. So Kale got Lux home that day. And apparently she didn't notice because she probably just like, he has a lot of hair. If you saw the haircut, they just basically took a chunk out of the hair. It's not like a big noticeable haircut unless you're looking at his hair and then you see that it's been maimed. I think he got something in his hair and they just cut it. That's what it looks like. It looks like he got gum in his hair and they cut the gum out. Right. Because if they were going to cut his hair, they were going to cut his hair. This looks like kitchen shears. Let's just cut this out. Which like, if that's what... But Chris also, I don't know because Chris got on Instagram live and defended himself and said that we were giving him a trim. He didn't say like the kid got gum in his hair. With and also, like, even if that's what happened, you text the mom, grandma should have texted Caleb and like, oh my God, Lux got gum in his hair. Whatever like, they did, they did it with safety scissors. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so Kale gets him home and Kale has this, I don't know if I've talked about her a lot, but Kale has this friend that lives with them. That's the kid's nanny basically Always. and she has like a teenage son that also lives with them because <gasps> kale lives in that big mcmansion the oh. guy seems fi- the kid seems fine i think he's no, like no. 13 i didn't mean it i didn't mean it like the kid something i'm just normally she just has yeah. friends there yeah so this is this is like an older woman friend who okay i think there's two kitchens in kale like i think she might have a full in-law suite in her basement mm-hmm. um like most McMansions in our area that look like that will have like a full in-law suite in the back in the yeah. basement that has, you know, like a, a kitchenette, like this, I would guess they live down there would be my guess. And sure. so I guess the son like picked Lux out of the car. I think the son is very close with Lux from what I can tell. He takes care of Lux a lot and he noticed Lux's hair was cut. So Kale gets back in her car i mean thank <laughs> god thank god at least lux got home and was like taken out of the car like wasn't in an unattended car when this happened you know yeah so and remember kale lives 20 plus minutes away from chris like she does this is not down the street oh. kale gets in her car drives back there and supposedly storms into the house and punches chris multiple times chris's sister had to jump on top of her i guess yeah. later that day he called the police and then they didn't follow up for two weeks i'm a little confused as to what happened there i'm not <laughs> well, no, i'm not <laughs> confused know. in that like they don't but i'm confused why if they weren't like gonna talk to him quickly i don't know why two weeks later they contacted him i don't either that's but... what i don't understand like usually they they come and then they just treat you like shit and like don't yeah, do anything i also bet think about the way he called the police and probably how i mean think about the way he talks and stuff it's yeah i think it's one of those things where it was very obvious it wasn't an emergency for anyone to come out and it was more of a i need to report something yeah well and i would bet his mom probably made him do it and so bet- he wasn't like following up like hey is anybody gonna come out because no. i don't think i don't think chris Chris and Kale have such a weird dynamic. I cannot figure it you out. Think this is the first time she hit him? No. No, right. of course not. Obviously They've been not. hitting each other for years. Yeah. For and years. The thing that I like, so like I always tell people, I am a Kale. Like I have that exact, I have all her attachment problems. I have all her trust issues, her childhood traumas and shit. I have all those things. And the thing that Kale really brings to this show is that people like me who have grown a little bit get to watch kale do exactly what we want to do like when she mm-hmm. when she told that producer reaction yeah i was like oh i love this because this is exactly i would have loved to do something like this but i wouldn't have because i would have said to myself girl 
that's your, you're gonna have to deal with that man for 20 fucking years. Don't do this right now. Just don't do it. But she doesn't do, like, I would have been like, I'm about to drive right over there. And I would have gotten my keys. And mm-hmm. I would have been like, no, the fuck you. Got on the to phone with someone screaming, I'm going over there. I'm going yeah. over there. Let and me then, tell you what happened. This yeah. motherfucker who yeah. doesn't even see his kid. I took him over there to be nice. Oh. And he cut his fucking hair. I would have called you screaming. <laughs> and been like, princess, let me tell you what just happened. What the fuck? Like, yeah. I would have been so mad. What really scares me is one that she drove over there with so minutes. much rage sustaining that she didn't even get like it'd be one thing like the fact that she didn't calm down at all on that yeah. drive and got there and went into the house and attacked him yes. is really fucking scary i've always kind of suspected that they physically fight one another mutually uh-huh. um And I still do think that that happens, but I think that Kale, I think the reason that Kale doesn't, okay, you would think that getting arrested for domestic violence would be like an emotional bottom where you're like, I really need to get serious about fixing myself. Like my life needs to have major changes. I can be separated from my children. Like I need to go check myself. Like if Kale needs to check herself in somewhere, I've been saying this, like Kale needs to take a 30 day like intensive DBT anger management type of program. I think she would really super benefit from it. Yeah. She could do it. Like she could. And I think she should. And the thing that like scares me is that it's one thing that if she thinks that it's okay to hit people, like hit boyfriends, I think especially she feels that way if they hit her too. Cause I think she's like, well, Chris hits me. So why can't I hit him? I mean, we know that she thinks she can put her hands on Javi and Joe. Like we know that. And I think especially with Chris, she's like, he hits me. I hit him. This is what we do. So, okay. That's one thing. If she's, if she does have that belief, but the fact that getting arrested for it, it was not like a life changing moment really worries me because this I think that Kale has almost been arrested before. I I would not be surprised if there have been situations where they were hitting each other or things with Javi that, and I know it's hard for us not to know all the things, mm-hmm. but I would not be surprised if she's had cops come to the house before and been like... From screaming at each other. Once my ex-boyfriend and I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I don't even, I don't remember like what exactly happened or why what I think I caught him like shooting up he passed out in the bathroom while he was shooting up and I just started screaming at him and our neighbors called the police and the cops came at two in the morning and Mm -hmm. I had like opened the door and I was like my boyfriend and I like he's really sick and I'm mad at him and the cop was like okay and I remember I'd thrown out I'd like broken his needles and put them in a plastic bag and put it outside my door like to take to the trash can and like it was sitting like right at my door and I was like talking to the cops and they were like well your neighbor's called because you're screaming and I was like I'm really sorry we're having a fight like we were not having a physical fight like we did not physically hit like yeah yeah, yeah. but we honestly rarely screamed it like we didn't we didn't have a relationship like that it was more like 
just torture, like emotional mm-hmm. torture, <laughs> like just yeah. like via like actions, like and like hurting one another, but it wasn't like screaming type of stuff. Emotional and terrorism. I, I know. Yeah. I just remember I was screaming at him and he's like, they're going to, someone's going to call the cops. And I was like, nobody's going to call the fucking cops. Like, two <laughs> minutes later, the cops were there. And I just remember being like, my boyfriend's throwing out. I think I might've said he got drunk and threw up and I was really mad at him about it. And they were just like, oh, okay. And then they left. Like it's, I can't believe that happened, but I bet something like that has happened with Kale. Plenty of times. And I bet like as someone who was in like a really like um, abusive relationship and stuff, like cops used to warn us all the fucking time Mm -hmm. and just be like, listen, we don't want to come out here again. I don't know. Like, I I don't want to do this anymore. And I bet she's been had a talking to from a cop before. And this time she got arrested. Yeah. I would also bet that when those cops came to my apartment, it was very clear that I like wasn't being hit and that I was the upset one. Like, I think like the angry one, like my boyfriend was fucking, I, like I said, I found him passed out on the toilet. Like he was out of it. Um, and I think it was like very clear that he was kind of out of it and I was just angry. And so I bet the cops were like, oh, she's just like angry or not shit boyfriend. Who cares? Like, we don't really care what she does. I think if the situation had been, I answered the door sobbing and like, or he answered the door and you were in the back and. yep especially like I'm a nice looking white girl like I think they would have came in for me if if I think the way that I answer the door obviously being in charge and being upset I think they're probably like whatever if she's sitting I'm who cares we don't want to deal with this and Uh, I think if the situation had been reversed I think they would have and I kind of bet maybe it's stuff like that with Kale where they come and she's confident that yeah because she's the aggressor that they kind of like be like okay well y'all be quiet or whatever well exactly (laughs) because the cops don't want to deal with domestic violence anyway but they especially don't really care to deal with like i bet those cops got in the car and they're like oh that she probably hit him and i i want you like chris seems like the type of person that once you get there he's like i'm fine man yeah crazy but i'm fine i think chris chris has mental health issues and i think chris swings really quickly i can imagine i just so I want to be clear that I absolutely think Hill should, whatever the appropriate consequence, she should get it. Actions have consequences. I feel like, so, you know, this year on Real Housewives of Potomac, um, mm-hmm. Monique, yeah. Molly Watt, uh, Candace, real good, beat mm-hmm. her ass. And I was like really excited because I think Candace needed her ass beat. I was really excited to watch it. And then when Candace filed her police report, I was like, that's how it goes. Yeah, like, you can't hit people. Yeah, you, that's, you can't hit people. Now, was I in the background going, hit her, hit her? Yeah, but like, also, you go to jail when you hit people. Like, if that's how you do it, then you need to be ready to go to jail. And so yeah. I yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't think Hill's going to do jail time, but I think that whatever the appropriate consequences, that's what she needs to do. Um, because this is wrong. And I understand that she's in an abusive relationship. Sure. And they're mutually abusive, but she was not defending herself, okay? She was not um, in fear of anything. She was not, and I'm not even saying direct fear, like he was going to hurt her. I'm not, she was not in fear of him coming to her house and hurting her. It wasn't even the thinnest of lines. She was mad at him that he did something he shouldn't have done. And she decided that the way to punish him was to hit him. And I'm sorry, people go to jail for that. So, or do, or get community service or get probation or whatever it is. She's not going to go to jail, but you know what I mean? Uh, it's, 
it's how it goes. My thing about Chris and Kale is Chris does not want to be a part of those children's lives. Regardless of how many lives he does, regardless, his actions say he doesn't want to. Like when she moved out there, I remember talking to you about it and being like, she could move into Chris's house and he still wouldn't see those kids. He'd be like, oh, all those kids are here again? Yeah. Like he'd wake he, up in the morning and be like, oh, you guys still here? Yeah. This is he still would, happening? He would just leave. Like he, he yeah. has no interest in it. And I think that what happened is that she was giving him shit. You know, it's probably one of those times when they were probably like, still to get fucking you know and yeah she's like oh. well you never come blah 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 and he goes well you live far and she took that to be like okay girl i'm gonna move close and it just happened yeah and well he's, he's probably like, sweet talking her like you know i just want to be around more and like if you lived closer like i could be yeah and that and i feel like but i feel like it was like one conversation yeah oh for sure and then it just happened and he was like oh you believe me and so he's like uh-oh <laughs> like, <laughs> whoops I don't understand like I this I might be contradicting myself but I I want the door to be open for Chris to see his kids if he can muster himself to do what he's supposed to do but I don't see why I as Kale unless I was still fucking him which she was but why I would drive all the way to his mama's house and drop my son off the one that you went to court to say that you don't want cut you don't want your you want to give up rights to him and leave him there for the day I probably no, wouldn't I don't know why she does that either I would say, and maybe because she doesn't want Chris at her house, but I would say. No, well, Chris wasn't supposed to be there at all. Supposedly was just, she was just dropping Lux off to see his grandma. That's what Kale thought. I wouldn't drop off to see grandma either. No, me neither. Not right now. I can't right now because we have a no contact order, but how about I FaceTime him with you? Listen, I hate Lux's hair. I hate it. To, I hate his hair. I, I think love it's, it. I think, I think it's, it's cute. weird with his old man face. I, I don't I get think it. It's so cute. I love the old man face with the long hair. I think he <sighs> looks so silly. I love Liz, it. Liz, he looks like that little dude that used to go the plane, the plane. You know who I'm talking about? No. It's a little dude from Fantasy Island. Oh, princess uh, princess yes. is princess is bullying children today <laughs> i'm sorry and i want that's you to know like. <laughs> that i'm not participating in it and i think lux is one of the cutest kids and i love that i don't think long he's hair. i don't think I he's love cute. that he's little weird to me he, he looks like he literally has chris's face on a little person's body no and it's so funny i think a kid that looks like an adult as a child is the funniest thing to ever exist like i Babies think only. it's so funny once they start talking with those old man faces no 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 that is it's that so is, funny that is horror movie shit and so but chris had no right to cut his hair chris is not none. his caregiver none. kale is his primary caregiver but it doesn't matter chris could have walked up to kale's house and kicked her mailbox over and she's still not allowed to go or even like hit her car she's still not allowed to go and close fist punch she's him absolutely not and so this episode is basically where she finds out she's pregnant and I just want to be on record to say that Kale should have had an abortion. Kale should have, Kale should have aborted Lux too. What's she doing? She should have, but she really should have had an abortion with Crete. And the reason is because mm-hmm. she already knows what the deal is. Kale, if Kale wants more children, is perfectly fine to go get a donor. Yeah, but Kale doesn't want that because Kale's very sick. Kale's and a she sick wants, person. She, she wants, wants Chris's uh-huh and she wants the chaos that comes from it and she wants to be able to like throw it in chris's face and she wants to be connected with chris for her whole life because the two of them are so fucked up i he posted something on instagram this week where he was like i hate seeing her cry like they're 
insane. They really scare me. This has been going on for like five plus years at this point. Somebody's going to get really hurt. Really hurt. Really hurt. And maybe not even like, like one of their rage drives over to the other one's house to get in a serious car accident. Like it, yeah. it might not even be as a result of straight domestic violence, but like the periphery stuff that happens, yeah. I, it really worries me. It worries me that one day Kale will go too far. Maybe one of Chris's sisters or aunts will come over and like really hurt her. Um, really hurt her. I, my biggest worry is that Kale will hurt him and well, yes. like really go to jail. Like, I mean. I'm just saying as far as like Kale goes, I think that she may not be fully realizing like how much danger she's putting herself in. But yes, I completely agree. She will really hurt him. And in like, front of the wrong person that the cop maybe has influence with cops. Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, plenty of murders happen like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and then you're in like, prison and away from your kids. And like, you don't even have a family to raise your kids. You know what's really scary? This is the darkest thing I've maybe ever said on this podcast is that like. I'm listening. <laughs> Like, if there was a murder-suicide, I wouldn't be sure which one was the murder and which one was the suicider. Like, that's how sick they are. Yeah, but I lean more to Chris. I just... Oh, I think Chris would do the murder-suicide, but, like, I... But you like, have to wait Kale, for the news to tell you which one did like, it. Kale like, Kale could do it, too, because she, yeah. like, it just... The level of toxicity and, like, scariness and the fact that, like, the court's do not stop them is what really really scares me and i also could imagine kale grabbing a knife during a fight yes that's what i think like it'll be something where you just like and so impulsive like no thought i think she must like she probably was not even in her body that whole drive over there yeah i i agree and it's hard to watch kale because even though like i empathize incredibly with her but she has told herself the story of her life over yeah, and over again. Yeah, this is again. all a mess of her own making. Everything, Everything is her fault. Yeah, and like the thing with the cousins, like I don't want them to meet a cousin that they're not going to be able to see all the time. Well, Kale, you only think cousins see each other all the time because that's what you used to watch on TV in your apartment alone while your mom was drunk. Like, yeah. or so, she like, I think really what it is, I think it's Javi's family, but like Latino maybe. families are a lot closer, like- with extended families and white families. That is absolutely true. And, but she has told herself, well, the reason Mm -hmm. I didn't have this is because my parents, the reason I didn't have this Christmas because my parents, I bet Kale gets wild on the holidays. Oh, are you kidding me? Thousands and thousands of dollars. I bet. And I just like, I think it's just such a bad move to let something, the hurts that you had as a small child pilot your entire life and the problem her is that she's seems awful her life is awful she's a pretty productive person she makes a lot of money she can be reasonable she can she's, be she's good at the day-to-day parenting yes people say that she's like janelle i'm like janelle doesn't even look her kids in the eye no she's nothing about? like janelle she's fucking her kids up in her own unique way but she's yeah. nothing like Janelle. She's a bad mom for her own unique ways. But as far as the day-to-day physical aspect of parenting goes, she's good at it. quite good at it. And that's why it's so fucking upsetting and frustrating to watch her live her life this way out of 
inability to like fully get help and admit what's going on. And she's she like, doesn't have a bottom or like, you no. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, not- she's saying like, I'm in counseling. It's like, Kale, once a week talk therapy is not going to fix this. She probably does talk space. <laughs> I don't know. I just, but you know, like-, like she needs to be in like serious DBT or at least CBT. Yeah. She needs to be in some sort of structured program. Like she needs to be getting medicine. Like Going to the therapist once a week doesn't really do that much when you have real serious issues. Yeah. Why is it that Kale, like the question I asked Kale is like, Kale, why is it that you're never by yourself? Never. And that, so you always have to have a partner of some sort. Then a million friends, then all those A million friends, that old lady living in your basement with her kid. Like you always have, like, why is that Kale? I would ask her things like that. I would talk about that anger, that anger, like anger is, someone said this to me before and I just assumed to be true because it feels the way for it's me. It's a secondary emotion based on fear. Yes, and but it's an easy thing to access. Yeah. Like when yeah, you're it there, is. it's it's easy. It's so much harder to be like, I'm hurt. Like yeah. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm this. It's so much harder to be vulnerable. It's really easy to be like, I'm going to whoop your ass. Yeah. And so like, how much she leans on anger. I've watched this woman on TV for so long. You know what's also crazy? Scream at people. After that fight where she beat the shit out of Chris, she was then on Instagram posting memes about trying to co-parent with a narcissist. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's what's so scary. Like she was coming, she was posting those pictures of her kid after she just went over there and pushed the fuck out of him. The haircut pictures came after the fight because she yeah. went right back over there to fight him and then came home and then got on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's probably texting her, you fucked up this time, bitch. You, you came yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. The sister's probably texting her, mm-hmm. like, you lost your fucking mind, da, 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 da. And she's just calmly, she's posting, look what he did to my kid. Look, look, look. And, I mean, did punching him bring back the hair? Take him to a salon, get him a real trim. It's just, it wasn't that much. And just, he can't go over there anymore. That's it. I just like the fact that the, I think the thing, and I'm sure I've talked about this, why it feels so frustrating with Kale's because I feel like if she could just get it, she could be a good person. Yeah, but I don't feel that way about Amber. I don't feel that way about Janelle. But with Kale, I'm like, if she could just get the right help and the right diagnosis and the right type of treatment, I think she could be a good person. Yeah. And that's why it's so fucking frustrating because she just continuously walks further away from that. Yeah. And I think that like the fandom likes to like, that's one of the reasons that she strikes a nerve with everyone because she, because we all, a lot of us would like to be in her position. We think about what we would do if we had her position and a lot of times they're mad at her, her for things like, well, you've got all these kids and no daddies. And you've got, but like, mm-hmm. who gives a fuck about that? Kamara Lee Simmons has the same amount of kids with the yeah. same amount of daddies. So who fucking cares? Like, Kale, it doesn't matter. Kale, Kale can take care of all of this by herself or with her team of friends. Mm-hmm. What, like, be mad at her about the real problem. The real problem isn't that she's jealous and that she never smiles on screen every time I sent a picture of Kayla you were and I was like she is very pretty and you're like yeah we never see her smile she was just smiling in the picture yeah it was crazy but that's and also 
the thing about with Chris thing, okay? If you think about Kale with all her exes, Kale can only fight with one at a time. Mm-hmm. So when she's fighting with Chris, her and Javi has to be okay. She has to make it work with Javi because she only can fight one at a time. If her and Joe are off, Javi and Chris are good. That's how it works with her. And what's if we think about the past, remember how she refused to even look at me until she was settled with Javi. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, I don't know why I wouldn't meet B and do all this other stuff. Then the stuff with Lauren, like obviously she's still a conf- conflict with Lauren, but honestly, she's gotten to a place where she really leaves Lauren alone and they're not fighting at soccer games and shit like that. It's mm-hmm. more like, I don't really care. But it's because she's in, she's really enthralled with Chris. Like, yes. But eventually she'll move on to somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. eventually and then she'll be posting like me and chris are good chris has lux and green for the weekend and like you're right we're, we're all gonna be like what the fuck man like what yeah. what what are you doing this to us for kaylin i love the little part where where uh lux was like mommy kale <laughs> that was really cute she's like i am the only mommy he's like mommy Kale! <laughs> Lux is so funny. I mean, and how about the scene where Lincoln is like, why don't I have a stepdad? Like, I want to be like, Lincoln, don't encourage her. Don't do it, Lincoln. <laughs> and, 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 and like, uh, Isaac's trying to explain. Isaac, it's so interesting. Did to you see think I- that Isaac knew too much or that that was inappropriate? Like, he's not stupid and he's 11 and can explain this. I, like, how could he not know that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I could have explained that at 11 yeah and I I mean I did have a fuck up childhood but I think I was just like a I don't think it was like I've seen some people be like there's there's like a parentification thing or however you say that uh with Kale and Isaac but I don't necessarily think that's going on I think some kids are just like perceptive no I don't think like Isaac does not parent uh Kale Kale mm-hmm. absolutely parents Isaac mm-hmm. I think that Isaac's 11 and and he just knows he understands what the deal is and he probably talks about it with Joe he's probably brought yeah. up with Joe and Joe's probably been like yeah you know me and your mom and yeah. didn't just work out and so I mean I think what he said was appropriate what I yeah, don't it felt it felt age like age level appropriate yeah and I mean the fact that Lincoln and Isaac are there telling your story Kale you should think about that because they're gonna be telling your story for the rest of their lives and yeah. so that is number one thing that keeps me from doing crazy shit is to be like oh you know this is gonna be a story that they have to tell to their therapist one day about how me and daddy like had a blowout fight on christmas fucking day over tape like that's (laughs) bullshit like yeah so i'll be like you know what we don't need to argue about this it worries me that kale's like i think isaac's starting to notice what's going on and it's like yeah bitch you think no isaac that time that you she and joe got into a fight in his front door isaac was there wasn't he yeah so what are you talking about the sweatpant fight isaac was there with the javi that huge javi fight when he came home isaac's been knowing isaac's been knowing and also i don't know why people think kids are deaf i heard everything my parents ever did in their entire lives please same everything and i listen to my mother's conversations and i just note to myself Mm -hmm. oh she's got Three kids and they all got different daddies. Important to know. Good, good, good. Yeah. Oh, that was I still four. do that. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's in my orbit, I have like a mental dossier on everything about them that I've like I collected. It's but it's I'm a nosy person. 
Yeah, exactly. that's what it is. I'm gonna. My first- last job, I was I worked for a father and son, and the son and I were talking one day, and I go, "Well, you know, that happened because like when your grandma went to the hospital for two years when <laughs> was a child." And he goes, "How do you know that?" And I was like, "People tell me these things, and you and your me and your dad have had a lot of talks about his childhood." And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I like remember it, and then I think about how that affects you. And he was like, you "Are you, you kidding me?" And I was like, "No, like I." I'm aware of this stuff and people do tell me this stuff. Like people, like I'm the person that someone will be like, I was molested, like just like out of nowhere. Like people tell me that type of shit, which is fine. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm glad you're fine with it. I'm not. (laughs) I'm fine with it because, because I'm nosy and I, I don't know. I I'm so used to being that person that like, it doesn't phase me, but so yeah, I've been doing that since I was a kid. I've always had like a perception of how, the people around me act and why they're acting that way. I've always had that like self-awareness and that like, I guess, emotional intelligence that I think Isaac does too. Yeah. I think, I mean, he's just a really sensitive guy and you know, when it was his birthday, so he's turning 10. No, he's mm-hmm. 10. So he was turning 10. Yeah. And he's 11 now. Cause I think we're a little, I think we're almost a year behind and fit like we're oh, yeah, far yeah, behind yeah. right now, the that further behind than we have been for the last couple seasons. That's right. So she's like on this day, I was pushing you out of my body and you were this kind of baby and that kind of baby. And I was thinking, you're not going to tell him what he looked like as a baby. You're not because we used to talk about like Isaac is a very handsome little boy, but wasn't always the case. Wasn't always the case, babe. Not with Bentley running around here. <laughs> he was His definitely- birthday is January 18th, 2010. So he'll be alive oh, wow. soon. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, as far as Kale's concerned, I mean, I just feel like, I do feel, I empathize with her right now because she is realizing she has made a huge fucking mistake. But I also believe what you said. They don't ever use contraceptives. I don't believe they've ever used them. Never. And- I was watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and at one point um, somebody's mom says something like, well, since you're going to go against the laws of the church, be consistent and use birth control. And I was like, yeah, if you're going to make big mistakes, yeah, just use birth control while you do it. I mean, I can't stop you, but I, you know, she's really unhappy. She's in a bad place. She, I think that at first she wasn't willing to talk about reduction. That's why the first half she's like, it's between me and Chris and, and once Chris's aunt posted that picture, I mean, his family hates her. Oh, hates her. Hates her. And posted that picture. Um, it kind of she kind of had to address it. And I don't know how far how far along was she when that happened. Um, no, I think like that was her twelve week ultrasound. Okay. And I just, maybe like a 10, you know, like the 10 week, like around there. Yeah. I just feel like, I mean, obviously I don't want to be calling people's children mistakes because that's not what it is. I think the mistake is to get pregnant by him mm-hmm. and Creed's not a mistake. What you did to get Creed was a mistake. And now you've tied yourself to him doubly. So you guys are going to be in each other's lives forever. And I don't understand why she keeps reaching out to what well, I do to pull Chris to these kids it's because she wants him. Because if it really wasn't that, I would just say to myself, okay, well, he knows where I live. He knows my phone number. He's not, he's not calling. All right. It is what it is. And But she is pulling him towards her and she's using these kids as anchors. And if she got what she wanted, girl, 
the think of think of the house Isaac and Lincoln and Lux and Creed would have to grow up and if she actually got Chris to commit to her and be there 24 7 no it's like I don't think she even wants that you know so you think that when he's there she wishes he was gone and when she was gone when he's gone she wishes he was there I know I think when she's there she's glad he's there but I think he's never there for long enough that like she can really test it out I think, I think if he was around for a longer period of time or hasn't been in years, I think maybe early on, I think if he like started coming around more because Kale's a person that gets annoyed if you're in her space and not doing what she needs you to do. Absolutely. And I think that she would eventually get very fed up with Chris bumming around her house. Yeah. And just kind of playing video games with yeah. Isaac. Well, yeah. Cause that's my next question. Do you think he does anything with those Please. kids? play I think he plays with them I think the kids do like him and apparently when he was in Hawaii with Leah's kids like Leah said her kids really liked him I think that he's probably when he's chill he's probably chill and like they play soccer outside and play video games but I don't think he does like like he doesn't like do any heavy lifting he plays with them like a a fun uncle so like so he's not even helpful to Kale no Um, I don't think so I think when he's there he's just like an extra set of hands but not anything like a co-parent or partner do you so you know more about the timeline than I do is is Chris the one she was seeing while she was married to Javi yes by all accounts yes but there was also possibly another guy like right before that but Kale and Javi or Kale and Chris have been doing this since Isaac was like one one oh you mean Lincoln Lincoln, I'm sorry. Lincoln oh was like one. God. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. But like they've been doing, they've been on and off since like 2015, I think. What? Maybe longer. So we've done our worst case scenarios of how it ends and that's a murder-suicide. Yes. But how do you think well, it's- no, I would say worst case scenario is murder-suicide. Second to worst case scenario is Kale impulsively stabbing him during a fight. Okay, right. Because- I, I say that's worse for her kids, right? I don't think that's worse. Like, I feel like Kale is old enough to know better than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worse for her Obviously, murder-suicide is the worst because it's better if she's in jail than dead. I don't know if that's true. I think it's probably true. I don't I know. know. Who knows? You're such a good person. You're like, people should be alive. But I just don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think they're both, I think they're, I think they're, both, they're both pretty bad that we probably can put them around the same level. I just would edge murder suicide a tiny bit ahead. Okay. So, but that's the worst case scenario. What do you think is most likely to happen with Kale and Chris? Do you think she's about to get pregnant again? 50, 50, 50, on whether she gets pregnant again. That's they- like really hard for like, no, but yes, because that's how I felt. Like, did I think she'd get pregnant with Lux? No. Did I think she'd get pregnant with Creed? No. So, like, how could I sit here and say no? Because yeah, she's she, exactly, shows, she, she shows she shows us by her actions. So 50-50. Now, for me, I think that what happens with them is it ends up petering out because either Chris finds someone that he wants to be with mm-hmm. and really just stops fucking with Gail. I think that's probably what will happen. Or I don't think it's impossible, the idea of Kale meeting somebody. I don't think it's 100% impossible, but I agree it's much more likely for it to be Chris. Where does Kale meet people? Um, I think Kale 
I could see Kale meeting someone like while traveling. Mm. Like a 90 day fiance type. Well, like not even like, but like she's in Vegas and meets somebody or like, I also I, Kale, the thing is Kale does have a lot of friends. Yeah. So so she, maybe a friend she of a meets friend. a lot of friends of friends. I think like Kale, not for nothing. She's a big social circle and she has friends like all over. So I can see Sterling being like, oh my God, my husband like has this new coworker. I know we live in Texas, but you have to meet him type of situation. And I think it's much more likely that'll be Chris because Kale's the one that's seemingly more emotionally invested. And it's very hard to meet a new person when you are desperately in love with somebody else. Um, But yeah, I think that the most likely situation is that it will finally peter out when Chris gets a girlfriend and like really just stops fucking with Kale and she's forced to move on. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, it took me like though. two years to really break up with my ex-boyfriend. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what I said about the Lauren thing. Cause like, is she still in Maine? Is she from Maine? Yeah. Supposedly she's still in Maine. But like, I was like, I really hope that she breaks up with Javi, but I also know that sometimes it takes 20 times to break up with someone before you actually fucking break up with them. And, and then we broke up, but we like still talked. Yeah. And took me a really, really long time. Like we were broken up. Like for sure we were broken up. Like we were not together, but we were still talking like regularly and my heart was not open to anybody new. So we weren't broken up. You know what I mean? Like we weren't together, but I wasn't. It wasn't like, o- you were broken up, but it wasn't over. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what Kale and Chris will do for until Chris finally cuts it off. I want to say though, that it would have to be Chris because Kale won't do it. But I think we're underestimating Chris's mental health stuff too. And like, maybe he won't ever cut it off either. And like, we'll get like, Chris could be married and still fucking Kale, I think. Well, yeah. Yeah. And she seems to not really like oh, she doesn't care which you think she care if chris got married she'd still fuck him i know and just just the way they desecrated that wawa just the way that they that javi and kale went to a wawa and we're and javi was talking about fucking her i just still still after all this time uh-huh I also After, think though Javi's like just a fucking creep. Like I really do think Javi's a creep. Like yeah. I bet Javi hits up Brianna like once every three months. But I agree. I think that I think best, 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 best case scenario for Kale and Chris is that Kale gives up. Kale hits an emotional bottom and like decides to make a real change and like goes to some sort of structure treatment program and gets it's so hard because the rest of her life is fine like that's so crazy everything else about the rest of her life is fine it's not great but it's all manageable and fixable and can all be better and she's doing better than so many other people she's doing Uh better than she ever thought she was gonna be absolutely and it's so crazy to watch that's why it's like back to the Janelle the Janelle of it all watching Janelle like throw away her life is like mm-hmm, okay like this yeah. makes sense like this is what I always thought for Janelle she has no interest in being a mother like yeah her kids are getting fucked up they don't get fed or bathed over there uh-huh like they can't talk those kids like yeah. Kaiser can't even write he's like seven you know what I mean and you're uh. like you're like okay this all makes sense and based on like what we see and like her and David make total sense to me. Like all of this makes total sense to me. 
the thing with kale that's so hard is that like she has all of the pieces to be a better person and like i think that i just want her to get help so bad all right but you can't want it more than she does that's, no i well i mean that's <laughs> and I I do obviously I think (laughs) well I think the thing is that Kale I wish that Kale would um honestly in some ways it may have been easier if Kale had gotten into drugs and alcohol because then I think she would have maybe been forced like I think Kale could have benefited from being forced into some sort of drug and alcohol treatment where she could also (laughs) work on her emotional issues I think Kale is kind of in the scariest position of like she'll be able to go on forever like this I you know what I think might be like a real eye-opener for her is if something happens at that house and uh Joe and Javi both go for full custody because something happens at the house and it's just like an incident some distance and Mm -hmm. she'd be like I could see her on camera being like I can't believe because what happens is that Kale realizes way too late where she moved wrong where she went oh yeah and then she has decent amount of self-awareness usually right and she's I can't believe I continue to see him Mm -hmm. even though all this shit had happened and now I might have to see Isaac and Lincoln only on weekends because Mm -hmm. they are not safe in my home because I didn't let it be safe for them and I can see her saying that exact same, that exact thing. That might be like in a bottom for her, but I just don't see Joe going for full custody at this point. I mean, unless he's well, really Well, Kale pissed. and V now have a little podcast together and a rented office space together. And I well, saw some what? people, they're doing their podcast about co-parenting or something. It's very stupid. And I saw some people saying like, well, what are Javi and Joe going to do? Like when the news came out, but like, I find it hard to believe they don't know. They didn't know when it around when it happened. Well, she got arrested at home, right? Yeah. And I also think that like, there are too many people in Kale's orbit that Joe and Javi wouldn't find out. Right. And I can totally see like the lady that lives in the basement calling, being like, hey, so this happened. I know that can Isaac stay another few more days with you while they figure this out or I'm going to bring Lincoln to you, Javi. Also, not to mention that when this came up, somebody commented on one of like the teen mom gossip accounts and was like, Kale got arrested for hitting Chris after, like had the details. She's like, yeah, like, and I, I was like, you know, who knows if that's true, but like- I remember you saying that could absolutely be true. It could absolutely not be true either way. So yeah. So what I'm saying is like people obviously knew and I find it hard. Like, I think that Kale does kind of have a big circle. And I think if people found out, like, I just think it would have gotten back to Joe and Javi. And I also don't think that she'd be able to keep it a total secret from Isaac because we see, like, I don't think, I think that Joe and Javi probably knew around the time that it happened. Yeah. I bet Isaac was like really upset. Yeah. And if it happened at home, we're in a pandemic. I hope it was at Joe's, but I don't know that he was. Like, who knows? Like, he does. He, I think he's doing at home school. He was probably at home. Oof. And yeah, it's fucking terrible. Um, and I also, I don't think Isaac is parentified because he doesn't parent kill. But I do think that there was a conversation when he came back, when she came back about like, I mean, because she didn't stay there. They got arrested. They booked her and then they let her go. Yeah. Um, but so she was probably back in a couple hours. Um, they also like when they arrest you, they have to run your shit to make sure you're not like wanted somewhere or something big. Mm-hmm. So 
it took more than 10 minutes, guys. It took probably hours, but yeah. she she left as soon as they were done doing all the stuff. She didn't have to go into a sale probably. Um, but I'm sure that when Isaac's very sensitive, he said, and he speaks to Kale about what he feels. And I'm sure he told her that he was upset when the next time he saw her, whether he was at his dad's house or whatever, like that was scary or I'm, I'm worried or whatever. And so to bring it back to you saying, I can't believe this wasn't her emotional bottom. Yeah, I can't believe it wasn't her. Yeah. All right. Oh, princess, thank you so much. Do you want to plug your podcast? Yes, guys. I have a podcast. It's called Buy Pumpkin. It's a niche vintage reality dissection. <laughs> I, I go to old reality TV shows and I just like, I talk about them like in time and space and culture um right now i'm talking about hogan knows best on my patreon which you can find at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin and on the main feed that comes out every sunday i'm talking about the real l word which liz i really like you to come on because i want you to talk about this okay i was never like a real l word like stan but i did watch the first season of it well kara sent me a video of whitney pregnant talking about being a masked lesbian and pregnant and i was like this is the content i need this is it. I this Love is that. Yeah. So I want you to come on and I just want to thank you for letting me come and talk tonight because I just really want to get like this shit out of me about team mom. And you know, I don't know. Yeah, and it's good it. when you come on because then I record Friday night instead of Saturday during the day. So <laughs> now I'm done for the weekend. <laughs> Look at you, you got a whole weekend. I have to get oh, my hey, car girl. inspected tomorrow. I thought oh. you already got it done. No, I'm getting it done tomorrow. I was All just right. tweeting about it being a scam because Pennsylvania <laughs> is a scammer state. <laughs> in Florida, they're like, don't ever bring your car to get inspected. There's no car inspection in Florida. No, there isn't. Um, there's one in Texas, but we only go, they have like literal inspection huts. So mm-hmm. you just take it there and go. Like, it's not like you go to a full service place where they're like, you need a flippy floppy. Yeah, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. All right, well, get I will deal with it. <laughs> like a big girl all right princess love you love you too thank you bye bye this podcast is brought to you by solid listen network find me on instagram at feathers underscore pod